Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Naboo and Beyond. I am Ryan, <laughs> with me always is... James! And... Brad. And we have a special guest this week, Joe. Joe! <laughs> this week we're going to change up the format of our show because... Because it's Star Wars, man! Yeah! He didn't even let me finish my intros, he just cuts me off and... I had this whole thing planned out. Let me just throw this piece of paper out. You were stuttering. That's you how the were... force works, man. Yeah, yeah, I read your mind. I said what you were going to say. <laughs> uh, so every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, The Road Chip. Here's a trailer for Alvin and the Chipmunks' Road Chip. <laughs> you remember the discovery. Get out! I'm waiting for the ring cycle. The bonding. I had a nightmare. Can I sleep with you? Sure, but stay on that side of the bed. <laughs> and those special moments that made them a family. Yep, nobody does that better than him. The monks are growing up. Samantha, these are my boys. Oh, Sean, hey. I can tell that you're trouble. Guilty as charged. But something unexpected. I've always wanted a mom. Is going down. This is my son, Miles. What? Chip shot. Oof. Know our feelings, huh? Samantha's coming with me to Miami. New job, new house, new family. I can feel the bonding happening already. <laughs> Where's the super glue? Right. From 20th Century Fox and Regency Enterprises. I don't want to go back to the forest, and I am not going to end up related to that guy. <laughs> Here's the deal, Miles. We all go to Miami to stop this proposal, and then we never have to see each other again. Respect. Thank you. Now they're all hitting the road. Tired. <sighs> By land. We're going to Miami! Does this look like a face that will survive prison? By sea. That was awesome! By air. What is that? Body shark! No, it's not that, it's not that. Oh, oh no. Real smooth. That's not mine. You just holding it for a friend? But not Freeze! by themselves. There, Marshall. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. I'm the police of the sky! This Christmas. Seriously, the no-fly list? I thought you guys were mature enough to take care of yourselves. That's insulting. We are very mature. <clears throat> Sorry. Pizza toots. Oh, monk. Time for a chip hunt. You gotta come out sometime. Breaks loose. Hey. The chipmunks! And the hits just keep on coming. Don't Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. To an uneventful night. Let's just jump right into the review. You <laughs> Did you know Justin Long is the voice of Alvin? Uh, I didn't tell. He said featuring the voice talents of. Well, what else is he doing? But don't they just make him super like distorted so why do you need you can get real... anybody to do yeah that. say why do you need real people to do i heard it, right? uh, in an interview like someone else who's a voice in there they uh actually have you talk really slow oh so you don't get to just act you have to act slower and then it, it's able to speed it up to where they want it oh like this like i'm a yeah. chip monk <laughs> and then and then it would sound like this when you speed it up yeah i think that's how it works <laughs> I don't even know if Watch the software will do out. that. Because here we go. <laughs> it's been a while, but we're back in style. Um, oh, yeah. 
So, no, actually, we went and saw Star Wars The Force Awakens, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to change the format. We're going to be talking about our Star Wars experiences. Uh, so if you tuned in for the normal real nerds, sorry, we're going to we're gonna geek out about Star Wars. Uh, we brought some Star Wars trivia that we also have. We're going to play um, a game. We're going to play a game. Uh, Joe's a big Star Wars fan. That's why he's on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Should excited. we remind people who Joe is? Because a lot of people haven't seen Joe in, it's like, four Joe. years. It's been a long time, yeah. Well, yeah, heard Joe. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we we used to hear Joe every single week. We did. Yeah. Well, for a, I, a couple weeks, right? I mean, we, I did a few shows. I don't know if I did every week though. You've been. I? You were on. Your voice is in two and a half years. Of oh podcasts. right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Joe used to do our interstitials. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. For a very very long time. He did. So we're still going to review the Star Wars, the Star Wars, and. Um, <laughs> You got some interviews. Uh, and we have some interviews. Oh, hey, actually, I'm going to do the first one right now because I'm so excited we got him on the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the director of Star Wars The Force Awakens, Mr. J.J. Abrams. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm here with J.J. Abrams. J.J., tell me about your experience into Star Wars. It's been a long time uh, carrying this baby for all of us, and I think we are all ready to go into labor. So let's get this movie out. There were There were so many baby steps, so it's hard to... It's hard to figure out where, you know, there wasn't one sort of threshold crossing. It was a lot of uh, decisions and moments and stages along the way. But I guess the the honest answer is when, when we were in Abu Dhabi and all the prep had come to this moment when the crew was all there, the cameras and the lights were all set up, Daisy Ridley was sitting down for uh, her first take, and I... I thought, oh, here we are. We figured out what the set would look like, what her speeder would be like, what her hair design was going to be, how the wardrobe was going to look, where and when and how and what lens we were going to shoot this moment. And all the prep brought us to this moment where we were actually doing it. And I, I guess it was that first day of actually filming in 125-degree heat in the middle of this desert that, that really felt like we were making a movie. Well, Larry Kasdan and I, when we started talking about what we wanted to do in, in this movie, it was more about a feeling than any kind of list of things that we wanted to include. But among those things in that, in that feeling were elements of light versus dark, elements of either action or certain specific things, whether it's ships or locations, that felt like the spirit of Star Wars. And people have been trying to copy what George Lucas created since he created Star Wars. And we were lucky enough to actually inherit Star Wars, for this to be the next chapter of the saga, which meant we were allowed to actually say, well, I, you know, I'd love to see lightsabers. And, you know, how's, how can you make a Star Wars movie without lightsabers? What's a Star Wars movie without an X-Wing or a TIE fighter or a Star Destroyer? And you can sort of list these things. And someone I work with was saying how Star Wars is a, a bit like a Western, where there are certain tenets. It's a different story, a different world, a different uh, moral, a different narrative, but it's probably going to have horses. It's probably going to have cowboys. There might be some Native Americans. It's probably going to be a saloon. There might be a bank. There might be a stagecoach. There are just certain things, good guys, bad guys. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it was a little bit like needing to know, okay, if we're, if we're telling a story in this genre, in this Star Wars genre, what are th certain things that feel like essential elements? But once we had those things, everything was serving the story. Who are these new characters? Who are we meeting we've never met before? 
what is their story? Why is it relevant? Why are we telling a story at all in this, in this universe? And that was, I think, the most fun we had. Okay. Well, the, the, the key to this movie was not any of the accoutrements or props or ships or, or locales. It was all about who is the story about. And when Larry Kazan and I began writing the script, that was the fundamental question. We would make ourselves tell, tell each other the story. You know, this is a story about a young woman who, this story about a young man who, like, tell the story. And it's amazing how that is sort of a litmus test for something that either works or not. Because you can't say it's a story about really cool gadgets. It's a story about spaceships that fly. None of that will work. It's a story about someone who, it's, like, it's, it, it's about the heart and soul of the characters. So that was the thing that we focused on, trying to figure out what makes the story compelling for us and hope right. that if we can look each other in the eye and say, I love that, that really works, that's, that's getting me excited, then other people might feel it too. When I think of the things that, that George Lucas did and, and got right, got perfectly in that first movie, uh, it, it is so long and stunning to think of, of those things, but nothing on that list is more important than the music. That's not to say there aren't things that are as important, but there's nothing more important. Mm -hmm. And what John Williams did, his gift to Star Wars and to, to fans, it, it is, you can't oversell the importance of what he does. And to know that he was coming back to uh, create a score for The Force Awakens was as exciting as any other aspect of working on this movie from the very first discussion I had with Kathy Kennedy. To be on the stage when John Williams conducted the main titles, which of course is familiar to everyone who knows Star Wars, uh, that was incredible. But then to watch him conduct and hear the orchestra play so beautifully the end titles, the almost eight minute long end titles, what was incredible about that was it starts the way it always starts, but then it goes into, it dovetails into these themes, Ray's theme, the Resistance theme, Kylo Ren's theme, these incredible cues that we had become accustomed to over the, the months of doing uh, post-production that were so beautiful and soaring and emotional and powerful and somehow perfectly integrated with the score and the, and the music that we know, the Force theme, Leia's theme. He just, like no one else, uh, is able to take what we know and do something brand new and somehow allow them to coexist. And I realized that's what we were trying to do all along. Do you guys believe I scored that interview? Bye, well, JJ. I mean, is, Thanks for coming. He is, yeah. our, he is our close friend. You know? He is. Like, he's our, he's our, he's our contact. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's been a big thank you. I, I have some more surprises throughout the show, guys. Um, oh, good. Some other people are going to stop by? They are. Oh, so, that's fantastic. I gave him my address and... Yeah, they just, you know, when they Hope, fly in you know, on their you jet. Know, you know what? Hopefully someone's going to land a helicopter in the field across the way and come on in. And <gasps> I'll let you know. Helicopter? I'll let you know who that is. If you can't guess who the <laughs> if, if you can't guess who the pilot is from in real life from Star Wars and I'm sorry. Awesome. So we'll just listen for that helicopter sound yeah. later. So okay. let me know when you, when you hear the helicopter, we'll bring him in. Cool. Uh so yeah, so thank you Mr. Abrams and we'll we'll check in with other members of the Star Wars cast a little later. I'm a female in Hollywood over the age of, let's say, 40, and then we could also say 50. So we could say it, but not with real conviction or excitement. So we're going to open the show with Star Wars Memories. 
waiting for like some really like cheesy music. There is. There, there, okay, you, good. You just didn't hear it. You weren't listening. Oh, I wasn't listening closely enough. Uh, Joe, tell us how you got into Star Wars and your earliest memory of Star Wars. Uh, it was one of those things that was kind of always on TV around the holidays. I don't know why around the holidays it, it, it was, but I, especially on Christmas Day, it was one of those things that I, after presents and you know everybody's kind of doing their own thing, I would curl up in front of the TV and watch Star Wars. I don't even know if it was like a, if they if they were on VHS or they were just on TV regularly, if they were just put on for me or what. But <laughs> I mean, that was the that's that's how I would spend the holidays in in, in most cases and. You're just like I don't care about any of these presents you guys got me. Like, can I just watch a Star Wars again? Yeah, I, I would just I, I had this big giant pillow and I would I would you know just go lay on that and watch Star Wars all day. It was, I mean, that's what I think of and that's why I like to do on the holidays still is yeah watch Star Wars around this time of year. So <laughs> it was cool that the movie came out at this time of year as well. So right, yeah. I mean that's my earliest memory I would say. So yeah, my dad is a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, as long as I can remember, my dad helped me get into movies because he showed me really cool movies when I was younger. And I remember him always having whatever version of Star Wars was on video cassette, he always got it. And my dad never buys movies or anything. But if it's Star Wars, my dad would buy it. So I remember my dad, we'd watch it probably three or four times a year, the whole trilogy. And he'd make a a thing of it saying, oh, today is, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi and we'd have to pick out characters we liked from Return of the Jedi. I would, my older brother always liked the the pig guy who got eaten by the Rancor. <laughs> uh, I guess because he, I don't know. I always liked the the Tauntauns and Empire Strikes Back and Han Solo and things like that. But uh, yeah, that's my earliest two. Is my dad basically forced us to watch that in Indiana Jones and things like that because my dad loves it. To this day, my dad watches those movies religiously. Those and Toy Stories. So yeah. Yeah, those are my earliest memories is my dad making us watch them, but also falling in love with them. Brad? Um, my introduction to Star Wars came around the time that they released the original trilogy on Specialized, like the last time they did it on VHS on Specialized. Yeah. Um, is it yeah. the Leonard Maltin version? I think so, yeah. yeah it has yeah, the yeah. Like, was... short George Lucas interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that yeah. was my copy, too. Um, and uh, I, was, I grew up a Star Trek fan, and so I was like, hey, guys, want to play star trek and then it's like no dude check out this thing star wars like, <laughs> what's out, star wars check out this bullshit right here <laughs> yeah um so all my friends were like experiencing experiencing star wars and then like two years later they did the special editions um and so like january february and march of like 97 or 98 um at the bowl theater we would go to opening day and sit out front of the theater and they had a media play next door so like mm-hmm. while we were waiting we'd run and get star wars cards and we'd play the star wars customizable customizable card game um before the show and uh yeah that's like in the first time i started saving my tickets and stuff mm, yeah um yeah I, that's that was I, something special though then yeah. you you realized what special. you were stumbling <laughs> i mean that's cool though but i mean you didn't just grow up with it you stumbled upon it and it was you got how important those movies are that's yeah, awesome i got through it through that's like, really that's a cool story existing fandom i guess yeah didn't that's, really find it on my own it's funny because i that is also like the earliest tickets that i have saved are my original star wars tickets from from the 90s because um, I have those two from from going to see it at the United Artists in the uh, Park Meadows Mall. Um, if you remember, like way back when there was that oh, yeah. cool United Artists. Remember, then it changed into a Disney. <laughs> what was it? Disney Club? Club oh, Disney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the uh, I don't remember a time before I had seen Star Wars, 
Um, but I do remember like that, that Leonard Malton version of the Star Wars VHSs. Hello, I'm Leonard Malton. Star Wars may have started out as a mere movie, but it became a phenomenon. It changed the way movies were made and perceived and marketed. It ushered in a new era of science fiction and fantasy and developed a whole new vocabulary of visual special effects. And the man who created the film, who imagined it and then realized it, is here with us today to share some of his memories, George Lucas. George, if I asked you to sum up your feelings today, looking back at the whole Star Wars experience, if I asked you to sum that up in one word, what word first comes to mind? If there's anything the Star Wars experience has been for me, it's unpredictable. You know, not only in the making of the movies and, and in creating the stories in the first place, which is the fun of it, is because you don't know where it's going to go, and the making of them were a huge adventure. But um, the success and all the stuff that's come after it and everything is just, you, know, you have no idea what's going to happen next. That specifically was always interesting to me because uh, we, I loved those VHS tapes and played them constantly, uh, but I didn't skip the, the interviews. Um, like it was one of the earliest versions of me, like as a kid, becoming fascinated with um, listening to people talk about how movies are made and like listening to interviews of filmmakers and you know having hearing them talk about like where what the challenges were and where where the ideas were coming from and listening to the stories of how the movie got made and they weren't terribly long, um, but of course you know I hadn't seen American Graffiti at that time, but to hear him talk about like him going into the studios and basically everybody turning him down until he got to a studio that basically just said, like, I really like American Graffiti, so I'm going to give you money, but I don't know why, right? Um, I just thought that was interesting. And then, of course, you know, he's also talking about the prequels on there and talking about, yeah. like, you know, In there he talks what about they're going to be. He already wrote the story Yeah, like, that he wrote ago. them and was like, well, they're, 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 too, they're, they're too much for me to do, so I put those on a shelf and I did the later trilogy first and, um, and all of this stuff that, like, at the time, just seemed so cool. Um, like it wasn't just as that I was falling in love with with Star Wars. It was also that I was falling in love with with George Lucas and the idea of filmmaking and all of this stuff that that now is you know a huge huge part of my time. Um, so that was fascinating uh, and really cool. But I I remember being enough into Star Wars and an, enough of a movie like nerd that when I went to see. I think it was A New Hope. It might have been Empire Strikes Back, but I think it was A New Hope when they did the re-release. I'm sitting in that theater in, at the Park Meadows Mall, and next to me is sitting this girl who, when the scroll comes up and the, and the, the march starts, the Star Wars march starts, she's, like, humming it in her head. And I'm probably, like, 10, right? Like, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I was born in 87, so I was 9 or 10 when, those, when that first one came out. Um, or no, a little younger than that. It was 97. Was it 97? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I remember sitting there, and I remember just wanting to turn to her and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Would you just stop <laughs> talking? Like, this is – I want to listen to the real score. John Williams, who I knew who he was at that point in my <laughs> life, I was like, John Williams is doing a better job than you humming. Um, and it's just like – it's this, like, benchmark in my mind of, like, when I became, like, a pretentious film asshole. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a, it's always been a really big deal. Um, my, my favorite story though from the Star Wars and seeing it is in high school when the Phantom Menace came out Joe was dating a lady named Beverly and she worked at the United Artists Theaters and so the pre-release for it you know 
this was pre buying tickets on the internet. Mm-hmm. So she was, this was wor- everybody was camped out for yeah, the Phantom was Menace. Camped out so for weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Right. Beverly bought us our tickets because she was working the ticket booth, so we didn't wait in line. She just bought them when she was there. And then when we went to see the showing, we ditched school, and we were really far back in line. And Beverly came out. She was working, and she said, oh, my God, can you guys please help us? We're so far behind, and if you help us, then uh, you guys can go into the theater early. We're like, sure. And we didn't do anything, and Brandon did everything. (laughs) So uh, me and Joe and Brandon were led in early into the theater, and we uh, sat right in the middle. And these guys came in, and the first thing out of their mouth was, how the fuck did these guys get in there? (laughs) <laughs> and at the uh, starting of the uh, scroll, I don't know if you remember this part, remember, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the starting of the scroll, someone's pointing a laser pointer at it. And so I said, hey, if you don't stop that, me and a bunch of Star Wars nerds are going to kick your ass and the whole theater cheered. <laughs> so that's, it, was, it was a pretty great time. Yeah, that, that was a, That's my favorite Star Wars uh, moment. And then the movie started. <laughs> I saw that. Beginning of that movie is cool. It is. Yeah. I saw that 12 times. Really? Oh, wow. oh my goodness. When it came out. Yeah. I think I was... Um, once or twice during class. <laughs> totally. I think I only saw the first one three times because I was younger, and then I think it was six and five for the ones after Me that. and Joe were seniors. We didn't give a shit about showing up for class. <laughs> well, I, I was young enough for, for episode one that I, like, needed a ride and money. <laughs> like, I was so dependent on my parents that it wasn't like... I, I was only going to go again if my parents were going again. What was, uh, what was your car you had, Joe, in high school? Was that the Omni? The Omni. The that, 89 that, that, Dodge Omni? That took us to many trips at Park Meadows, too. <laughs> <laughs> and the toy store. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it's weird that this has come up. It was, was like Park Meadows... Like, was there another mall in place of the one they have now? No. 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 They just, they've just built onto the yeah. mall that's there. Like, they've added an outdoor area and stuff yeah. now. And the, but the Dick's... So the Dick's Sporting Goods that's in the park, for people listening not in Denver, this doesn't matter, but uh, the Dick's Sporting Goods now that's right (laughs) off of the the, uh, cafeteria, that was originally United Artists inside the theater. Um, And that's that's where I saw the the original trilogy. And then downstairs of that theater was was an arcade. Well, so downstairs was an arcade (laughs) with a lot of VR machines, like... You know, put on this headset and pretend that you're flying a paraglider. And, like, I, they were all crazy. It was, like, $5 a ride, and nobody really, like, no one was ever really on them. And that whole place went out of business. Yeah, I mean, they did have, like, the theater things that would, like, yeah. ride and stuff like yeah. that, too. That would, like, move you around and blow wind in your face and actually yeah. look like you were flying on a roller coaster or whatever. But, I mean, I remember Mortal Kombat and Tekken and stuff like that down there more. You know, because they did yeah. have an actual arcade. And, and yeah. you know, so that... That was worth ditching school well, for. <laughs> Do you guys hear that? Oh, oh. Our next guest is here. Oh, sweet. Let him in, James. Let him in. Oh, okay. Mr. Ford, it's so nice to have you on the show. Tell us about your experience coming back to a character after 40 years. You know, it, it, it might have felt silly uh, to be uh, um, going back and playing a character that you played uh, 40 years ago. Um, but it didn't. And it didn't because um, there was a clear job to be done. There was an extension of the character that I thought was interesting and would take uh, the audience to a new place. 
there was a um, development in the character that's ref that doesn't play out on screen, but is referred to in a way that the audience understands the circumstances that have uh, been part of Han's history um, between the last uh, of the first three and the events that we're following in this one. And, and those circumstances in his life have created um, uh, changes uh, which are going to motivate him in different ways than we might expect. So the character has some surprise to him at this point. Uh, the Millennium Falcon, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because the, the set had actually been dismantled after the first film. It had not been predicted that the film would be such a success as it was. And so that it, uh, they had to um, recreate it um, from, you know, uh, from uh, pictures. Um, and they did a, a beautiful job of, of rebuilding it, and it was uh, very, it was indistinguishable uh, to me from the original uh, set. Um, so it was, uh, it was nice to be back. Wow, what an honor. First J.J. Abrams, and now Harrison Ford. That's so cool that he stopped by. That I, was, know, that I mean, was he really lives in fantastic. Wyoming, so he just flew his helicopter here to... Yeah. Say hi. Judge, you know. He was saving some people from the mountains. Yeah. Like, they're still there. So you guys like didn't got... think I had any poll, but I have one more interview later on. Oh, my goodness. That we'll get to. She's in high demand right now. So. I was going to say, is the next one slightly more attractive? Because, I mean, Harrison Ford is really pretty, but... I don't know. I think it's something gruffy and lovable about Harrison Ford. This is true. He's a scruffy nerf herder. You know, at all times, half his face is happy and half of his face is sad. Look it up on the internet. <laughs> it's true. It's not that... Uh, yeah, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, so we have a game. Oh, that we're gonna Let's play playing. the game next, Let's yeah. Play the game, cool. Play the game, and we'll talk about what happened next in, in the history of Star Wars. Yeah. And then maybe we'll, we'll get talk the about the Memories movie. were fun, man. It's, it's cool yeah. bringing up all that. The, yeah, you know. it's, it's fun because you realize how much of a part of your life Star Wars is, and that this happening is such a big deal. And while uh, Brad is shuffling the cards, I'm going to check one more time if they've posted how much it made for the weekend. Um, but I can say that it made $120 million on Friday alone. Was it, was it $50 million on Thursday? Uh, something like that. 57? 57, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a shit ton of money. They rolled into Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, $120 million Man. for one day. So right now, Disney's kind of being um, sheepish with its project projections and saying yeah. it's going to... Make two hundred and twenty million. Oh, but for perspective, the previous record was eighty-seven. I think in a single day. Yeah. The uh, uh, JJ was in an interview not too long ago, and uh, I think last week, and said that um, they're basically going to consider it, or it won't be considered a success until it breaks one point five billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's insane. It will. But when you think about like you know they they paid four billion dollars for the for the company as a whole. Like Disney wants to start making some money back. Um, it, that makes some sense, right? Yeah. Like, they, they, they want this movie to be one of the highest grossing films of all time. It will. And um, it will. To, to follow up, it's in one day globally, it's made $250 million, I'm, so. 
I'm sorry, prob- made a quarter of a billion dollars in one day. I'm probably pretty sure I'm going to go see this movie more times than I have seen either any movie ever in theaters or any movie in theaters in five or six years. Right? Like, it hasn't been since Lord of the Rings that I went and saw a movie five times in the theaters. Um, Revenge of the Sith. Honestly, yeah. that was the last time I saw a movie multiple times in the theater. Or seven. I saw I saw the last Lord of the Rings seven times in the theaters. Holy shit! That's yeah. twenty two hours of your life you're not getting oh, back. Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, and you'll watch it again. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen those movies a lot of times. <laughs> I saw Mad Max five times this year. I, I still have th- not seen three. that movie. Oh God! I I know. I, I I feel really bad about it. I have not seen that movie yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I've even watched it in black and white. <laughs> They're talking about bringing the black and white version of the theaters. Yeah. Which would be cool. <laughs> to be fair, you I asked for a You just watch it at home, like, on, just desaturate your TV. I don't know. I, I think that the experience... No one can hear you, by the way, but I, I think that the experience of having... Um, of seeing it in the theaters is, is mm. more special, right? It's the same reason why I'm going to go see Star Wars in theaters a bunch of times, is that, like, once I get it home, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the movie. It's just some spoilers for reviews later. Um, what? But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. We're doing a whole holiday special about a movie that none of us enjoyed in the theater. No. Um, but, uh, but it's still like, you, you're only going to get to see it in theaters so many times. And the experience, I think, is, is different and more and special, you know. So when you watch it at home, like, you stop paying attention during some parts and, like, you know. Um, I don't know. So. Yeah. I can't wait to have, to own it. <laughs> I'm all those people like, I'll have it to myself and I can put it in anytime I want. I want to own it, but <laughs> part of me is said. like... I should probably wait for the box set of the three that are coming. What I don't know if set? I could do it. Yeah. What, what I mean, of, of wait, of like seven, eight, and nine? You yeah. could wait You're that long? You're an insane person. And actually, I don't have the uh, other six movies on Blu-ray, so maybe I should, I should just wait for the nine movie set. So, There's something wrong with in you. In 2021, <laughs> Brad will have all the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But is it the definitive edition, though? I yeah. mean... <laughs> you gotta just do... But that whole... box set will finally have the original ones on it. Yeah, so. no, no. Maybe. You're guessing. Pull, Hope so. pull, a, pull a James with The Hobbit, buy them as they come along, and then when the third extended edition comes out, just buy the box set and trade in your first two. Mm-hmm. I was going to get the uh, Mission Impossible uh, steelbook set mm-hmm. of like, all five. Oh, yeah, five. that's pretty cool. And I was like, but they just announced they're doing a sixth one. This is going to be obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> you have an illness. <laughs> See, me, I, I think The Hobbit's individual releases look cooler than the box set. Um. Oh well. Yeah. You mean the the big gold box? Yeah. 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 I mean, I have the Lord of the Rings because that's the only. Well, I guess the no, they released the same them box. Individually. Did they? Yeah. Uh, I have the, but I mean the Hobbit ones because they're like those different colors and they look like books. Yeah. I think look really nice. Yeah. So that's why I didn't get the uh, collector's I mean, edition. I. Yeah, I both. That's cool. You know, you can get it. I don't care. I, I, I'm not going to tell you I, how to buy movies. Look at my movies. I'm going to end up getting it. Shit. I'm going to end up getting it just because I want to have the the two next to each other in in the big box, like those mm-hmm. big blocks, you know, on the shelf. So, yeah. Brad, explain our game. All right, so this is how it's going to work. Um, we have a R2D2 droid. You're going to use the Force to tap his head, and he's going to pick a number for you. That's how many questions off these cards you have to answer. There's a maximum of six. And then uh, we didn't pick a because we were going to do up first to seven, but you, you still get do six. You can still do seven. Yeah, you can get all six right. <laughs> okay, yeah, first to seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. All right, so uh, first to seven points because. Episode of seven that's we're celebrating today. And uh, so, so the person to your left will roll, the person to the right will pick a random card and then uh, pick 
depending on what the role is, how many questions that person has to answer. So it's cool. Um, cool. a little bit in their hands, too. So, Ryan, why don't you give us a start here? Wait, how do I just push his head? Yeah. Use the force. Three. Three. All right. Your three questions are going to be... Are you randomly picking, or are you picking the top three off of the card? Just randomly. Okay. here uh what did c3po tell uncle owen was like a second language to him i don't know <laughs> um can i answer <laughs> so if they get one wrong if they're not gonna get all three should we just move on no no you give him all you give him his three answers that way he has a chance to get three and then two more points okay, okay. Yeah. yeah all right um What world served as the final resting place for Darth Vader's armor? Um, Endor. Right on. You got a point. Uh, isn't it the forest moon of Endor? Nope. Just says Endor in here. Nerd. Uh, I have a problem! <laughs> um. <laughs> How many paragraphs comprise the opening crawl text of Star Wars? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Holy shit, you're right. I think it's always I think three. it's always three, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Two, right on. Um, so Joe hit the top of was R2 it? there. and Wait, can I still answer that one? See, it was, you... it, was it the water evaporators? Oh, his first question? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, it's the language of the water evaporators. I think it's like a machine code or something. Oh, yeah. Does it just say, is it just water evaporators? No, it's, it's an actual language. What oh. is it? Okay. Um, bocce. Oh, yes, bocce. bocce. Okay. Like the bocce ball. Alright, okay. I knew that. <laughs> Alright, I'm using the force. I get... Five. Oh, wow. shit. Alright, alright. Who was the commander of the first Death Star? Grand Marf Tarkin? Is that... Wow. Nicely <laughs> done. There's one. Who did Darth Vader say shouldn't have nev should have not should not have come back? Who did Darth Vader say should not have come back? Mm -hmm. Oh. You got this, Joe. Oh, gosh. I, I'm drawing a blank on that. Um, Luke Skywalker? That's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. You sure. should not have come back. Okay. Why did Y-Wing's pilot switch power to after entering the Death Star's trench? What did the Y-Wing pilots switch power to after entering the Death Star trench? I don't know. Bomb, bomb, bombing run? I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think I know this one. Is it, is it the, uh, it's like the forward shields, but they go, don't call it that. Um, it's the, um, shoot. Anyway. Yeah. It's the front deflectors. Front oh, deflectors. See? Of course, see? the front deflectors. What I said is the same thing. I gotta get another What creatures here. revere a tribal medicine man named Low Gray? The Ewoks. I was going to say, it's kinda, I didn't know that guy's name, but I, I was like, the only tribal creatures. <laughs> what did the cantina bartender yell out when one of the canteen patrons drew a weapon? Alien gibberish? <laughs> no blasters! Oh. <laughs> so that's one? 
I guess one. one, yeah. Oh, wow, that was harder than I thought. You got, like, yeah. the hardest one, too. Yeah, there, were some, there were some rough ones in there. Oh, huh. man. All right. By the way, this is all classic trilogy, so no yeah. prequel stuff. I think that, oh, yeah, okay. okay, all right. Oh, and I, uh, it's funny, I got, for my, for Christmas, I got my niece a, a Star Wars coloring book, and as I'm, as I'm checking out, I'm, like, flipping through it, and, and the only, the only thing that I'm a little bit iffy about is that it's got the Max Rebo band. Like, the, the worst Max Rebo band in there, but everything else looks kosher. So if you're going to Sam, Sam's Club, pick up a coloring book. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> two. I only got two. All right, I better make sure I get them both right then. Okay, who was Luke Skywalker's best friend on Tatooine? Um, uh, Biggs. Yeah. Do you know his last name by chance? Uh... You know, for full points, it does say both. Uh, <laughs> come on. Um, fuck, no, I don't. Dark, dark Lighter. I had no idea about really? that. Really? Yeah, Big's Dark Lighter. <laughs> that, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, gosh, they, these are really easy ones on here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what vehicle did Luke Skywalker use to escape from the second Death Star? From the second Death Star? Mm-hmm. Crap. Um, There's people at home being like, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Real nerds <Shit>. my ass. <laughs> um, holy shit. Ooh, wrong. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> an, imper- an imperial shuttle. I, fuck. Why didn't I just say that? Why didn't I just say that? I knew that. So you had two questions, right? That was yeah. Okay. yeah I only had two. Because I mean, like the other ones were like, who played Luke Skywalker and things like that. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I think that's all. That's fair. That's fair. So one for James on that one. So yeah. three-way tie. It's a three-way. No, don't you have two? T- don't you? Yeah, have Ryan's two? Ryan's Ryan's oh, I do have two. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot. I get you five. are the realist nerd. You got five. You get five. Yep. Okay. Who was the first character to mention the name Anakin Skywalker? Oh. Uh, probably Ben Kenobi. That is correct. Yes. Uh, does it say Ben or Obi Wan? Fuck. You know what he meant. I, I'm actually, just, actually, it was only... probably early in the movie when he wasn't, but when he was Ben yeah. Kenobi. That's what, yeah, he. Yeah, you know what? I, like you bring. Plus, he said Biggs and got it. So yeah, I and I think that's fair. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Says the guy in the lead. Uh, He's just scared because I'm I'm coming up on on him. Yeah, you're coming up right. from behind. <laughs> All right. So so here's a follow up to the question I got wrong. Who sat directly behind Luke Skywalker in the stolen Imperial shuttle? <laughs> Your card's harder than mine. <laughs> Your card was really easy, dude. <laughs> Probably Darth Darth Vader. Uh, no. Huh? Why would Darth Vader be in the shuttle with Luke Skywalker? Because that's when he escaped. He was taking him the body to Endor. He did take the body to Endor and burn it. In yeah. The pie oh, that's there, true. So. So but was he behind him? Hmm. Well, it was either him, like it was only those two in the shuttle. So this is some other scene. I don't know. So I guess I get it wrong. R two. Uh, no, it says C three PO. C three PO. What scene is that? I, I don't think that that's that question's What's correct. What's the question again? Who sat directly behind Luke Skywalker in the stolen Imperial shuttle? I don't remember. They're not talking about at the end when right. he dies. They're talking about uh, when he steals the shuttle. With... No, no, no. When they go to Endor? 
for the first time when he's like, do you but guys see, go destroy the... There wasn't even the Empire shields. until, like, Empire Strikes... Or, I mean, like, the Imperial Shuttles. You didn't even see Palpatine until the second movie. You know, like, in, in what an Imperial Shuttle even looked like. So I guess we have to watch like. the trilogy again and see when that happens. I don't remember. So I can't... I, and I can't I, think of a time that they stole another Imperial Shuttle. And that he was with C-3PO. I, I, yeah, I kind of, I don't, I don't buy this I don't question. know, it's what, it's what the card says, man. We'll Trivial Pursuit, cards. man. Come All on. Right. Uh, who is the first character to say he had a very bad feeling about this in Star Wars? Gotta be Han Solo. It is not. Damn it. Hmm. It is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, let me make sure that I, let's see. Right before getting attacked by the sand people. Okay, well, yeah, I'm sort of forced because another one of these is who, what, what actor played blank, so. Okay. You have to pick five, who, so. I, I know, I know. So, who sensed Luke Skywalker's presence on the shuttle Tidurium? Darth Vader. Darth Vader, yeah. that is correct. Good job. What huge elephant like creatures of Tatooine peer through large red eyes? What large? Banthas? Yes. Yeah. Is that three? Three. What's three. up? New leader. Fuck you, man. You get four. You can win this right now. No, I get one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest one. You probably will. My uh, Star Wars knowledge is a little lacking right now. Yeah. There's, the thing. there's been a I'm disturbance also, in the force. I th am I the only person who didn't rewatch any of the Star Wars oh, movies I before? I haven't rewatched them either. Oh, okay. No, oh, I, so I, I, did. I, I actually did rewatch them with the Oh, okay. It's just the original trilogy, but yeah, oh, okay. I All totally right. did. Cool. So, what'd you get? One? One. One. Um, who employs a six breasted dancer in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Job of the Hut. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, it's hot. You oh, know, that's you know, if I pick something with boobs in it, you'd know. Oh, it. dude, totally. <laughs> well, does anyone else think like his one slave's kind of attractive? Oh, like, you mean the green? Yeah, yeah. No, the green-skinned one. Yeah, that's really. No, there, there was, there was like two dancers. Yeah, though. I know. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. four. <clears throat> Damn, Joe. <laughs> All right. What rank did Obi-Wan Kenobi achieve during the Clone Wars? I'm just going to throw general out there. And you're right. They, they give everybody general. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Leia planning to bring Obi-Wan Kenobi prior to her capture? Where was she trying to take Obi-Wan Kenobi before she got captured? Um, I'm, I, I've got it. It's. I just can't think of the. the um, uh, I'm, okay, I'm gonna have to pass on that one. I can't. It's Alderaan. Alderaan. Damn it! Thank you. I, I, I kept ta tatu like Tatooine just was the, like wanting to come up. out. And I could not. I know. Up. It's the one that blows up. All that was thinking Endor and Tatooine, whatever for whatever reason. It's. No, I was stuck too. I couldn't remember the name. What conflict saw Obi Wan Kenobi and Leia's adoptive father fighting side by side? What scene? What conflict? What conflict? Oh, was that the Clone Wars? Yeah. <laughs> and your last one. What did Luke Skywalker fail to reattach to C-3PO's torso during his stay at Obi-Wan's? 
restraining bolt. And the only reason I chose those ones because what color was the blade of the lightsaber Obi-Wan Kenobi gave to Luke? And the other one was, who, according to Obi-Wan Kenobi, betrayed and murdered Luke's father? <laughs> so I, I got two on that? Yes, yeah. All right, cool. All right. So three points the three-way tie. James lagging back. behind. Let's go, James. Your mom's disappointed in you. Whoa, no. Whoa, no. Fuck, six. Just read the whole card, man. Okay. That's good. Then you can get some softball ones. <laughs> Shut up. You get all six, you could win right who, now. Who was the first character to fire a laser bolt at Luke in Cloud City? <laughs> it's like a character name. It's uh, Boba mm-hmm. Fett. It is Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He's coming around the corner and Boba Fett sees him and yeah. Who was the first rebel character to pilot a speeder bike? The first rebel character to pilot a speeder bike? Oh, uh, Leia. Mm-hmm. Who struggled surrendering to the Imperials while the Falcon was attached to the de- uh, to a Star Destroyer? Forgive me. So, uh, sorry, read it. Who struggled surrendering to the Imperials while the Falcon was attached to a Star Destroyer? Chewie. C three PO. Oh, weird. That's a stretch. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Master Luke. Yeah, right. (laughs) What creatures approached Luke from the southeast on Tatooine? (laughs) Um, uh, We just um, talked about this, didn't we? (laughs) Well, they're not Banthas. They're the same people. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That question is worded harder than it is. I feel like some of these kind of are worded strangely, but who pulled R2-D2 away after he mistakenly plugged into a power socket? Um, C-3PO? Chewbacca. Oh, okay. What color was the faceplate visor of Luke Skywalker's pilot helmet? I'm colorblind! Read the question. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. What color was the faceplate visor of Luke Skywalker's pilot helmet? If I get this right, do I get a point? Wait, is it the one that he puts on when he's doing the test, when he's testing stuff, or is it just his one when he's actually a pilot? Because they describe it in the card. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I'm gonna say orange. Okay. Wow. Man, I'm colorblind. I'm colorblind. <laughs> that was a mean question. If it had man. been red, if it had been red, we would have fought. I, would have fought. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Oh, is that all of them? <laughs> that was that was the card, man. Yeah. Okay. And James takes the lead. He's two ahead. Oh, how one. many did I get right? Enough to get five. So yeah, four. four. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Wow. Cool. Okay. Yo. Nope. Yeah, you got four out of that. Yeah. Man, very cool. Feeling better. For a while there, I thought maybe I hadn't seen these. You know. I'm... Read the whole card. Uh, oh, man. Better miss some, you piece of <laughs> shit. Ah. <laughs> what rebel announced, we have stolen a small Imperial shuttle in Return of the Jedi? Mon Mothma. General Medin. Damn. Mm, the pivotal role of <laughs> yeah. General Medin. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Yes. How many legs support the standard Imperial Walker? The chicken walker or the AT-AT or AT-ST? <laughs> I can tell you. So you're asking an intelligent question. The question <laughs> I'm asking you is, how many legs support a standard Imperial Walker? 
I think you have to go with Give the answer you know is right. I'm going to say four. Yes. That's, right. I mean, they, <laughs> Sorry that, to help you. That's what, a shitty question. I, I mean, when they, they say Imperial Walker's coming in, that's all you are actually seeing in the shot, really, are yeah. the yeah. AT-ATs. So. I think Chicken Walker's you know, like a just a nerd right. designation given to the at so. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Chicken Walker is nowhere on this card. <laughs> <laughs> what's, Lango, what's Lando dangling yeah. above when he screams, Help! At the top of his lungs. Lando? Yes. What? What's Lando dangling above when he screams, Help! At the top of his lungs. Oh, dangling above. He's not dangling something. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, read, I read it intentionally funny. I'm a funny guy. What is Lando dangling above when he has help? Help! See, I don't remember him saying help. What's Lando dangling above when he screams, Help! At the top of his lungs. <laughs> Ryan, you're grinning ear from here. <laughs> oh, come on. Mm. You're going to hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. I, I didn't get to tattooing yet. All right. Is he dangling above? Oh, uh, Sarlacc. Correct. Wow, it took you a while. Man. Fuck. Well, I just I just had the there cloud city time and the Millennium Falcon like scenes in my head. And I was well, you're like, gonna have to cut a lot of that dead air out, right? Yeah, yeah it should be what? a time limit. Fuck. What planet did Luke liken to something out of a dream? What planet did Luke liken to something out of a dream? Uh. What planet? Joe's raising his hand. I think we have an answer. <laughs> Probably Dagobah. Dagobah is the correct answer. What did the Ewoks do immediately after hearing the story of the Rebel Adventures? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say the answer in, in Ewoks. So. <laughs> uh, what they do after immediately after hearing the story of the Rebel Adventures? They crown C-3PO king, or their leader. Or... Oh, you're on the right track, but it's not. Meep, meep. Celebrate? <laughs> no. Meep, meep. The correct answer is made them tribe members. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Meep, meep. <laughs> That's my wrong. Who did Darth Vader kneel before? I got one more. Yeah. Right. Who did Darth Vader kneel before? Um, the Emperor. That's correct. How many did you just get right? Did well, you get it? Well, I missed two on that card, right? You didn't get uh, General Medine, and you did not get... Oh, okay. Three. Made them tribe members, yeah. So, yeah, there's seven. Bam! Seven. Sorry, guys. Upset. Uh, that Sarlacc pit one should have been disqualified. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was fucking Brad. Do we need to do another <laughs> round? No, you know what? Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Ryan, you told the story about you getting in to see episode one mm -hmm. the first time. Tell us, or, I mean, maybe we should do it brief since you and I have yelled about this enough, but sure. Tell us a little bit about how you felt about Star Wars episode one when you first walked out of the theater. Disappointed! <laughs> uh, yeah, it, 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 nothing... It wasn't good. I, I did not like the movie. I, I, my prob, 
When we get to The Force Awakens, we'll talk about it more. But the first Star Wars were fun, and the humor came from, you know, Han Solo saying that Chewie will rip your arms off or if you beat him. And um, and this one, it's Jar Jar Binks sticking his tongue in some electrical current. And it's stupid. So... The first time I saw The Phantom Menace, I was not impressed. We, we went on a rant about it for you know, yep, a good a, while in a my good car. While. Yes. <laughs> when I rewatched it several years later, uh, maybe 2003, and you took away the hype, I liked it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, still like, I still like Liam Neeson's character a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people like Darth Maul. He's all right. You know, he kind of just walks around. Um, he's not a great character. I think no. he, His design's cool. He's a symbol of something really great about that movie, yeah. which is and, the lightsaber fight. Yeah, and the Duel of the Fates is pretty awesome, but, yeah. you know, it's... At the same time, it's... But it didn't but, feel like a, like a lightsaber fight in, like, traditional lightsaber fights or anything like that either. I felt like in the prequels, everything was so new and bright, and even though yeah. their lightsaber fights had to be bigger and badder, it was a cool scene, don't get me wrong, but right. I... It's, it's, it's funny that... Everybody was a better Jedi way back in the day, and then then they and and he's quicker to use their powers and stuff like that than you ever see in the. In well, the, but you know, but the argument is that like Luke's never been trained by a Jedi, like his 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 uh, like all his trainers are either Yoda, who he spends very little time with, who doesn't teach him how to use a sword, and um, and Obi Wan, who dies before he teaches Jet Luke how to actually use a lightsaber or the Force very much. And a old decrepit robot dude, um, like it kind of makes sense that that if you go back, the people whose job it is to just like study the force and not worry about anything and like be yeah, peacekeepers, like I, I I think that the finesse fighting for them makes sense, right? Um, I think at least that's why I always like it, but it's not good enough to make the movie good. See, like, like it's just a cool scene. Yeah, and I I, I don't know. I that, I think that's one of the things that I, I are we we're not talking. about No, this we can't movie. talk about okay, the new okay, movie. Yet. I, I, I so I. That always just took me out of it. I mean, and I feel like in the original movies, everything was very hands-on. Like, it felt yes. tactile. Like, it's been used. And and It's it not was... a dirty universe yet. Like, everything yeah. is still pristine. I, I still feel like their technology was far more advanced in the, the those older movies than it, than it is, you know, further into the future, which I don't think would necessarily be the case. But Right. You know, oh, yeah. I think, too, the, the prequels miss an opportunity... The one thing I think is missing from Star Wars is seeing Vader's power mm-hmm. because Vader is the ultimate most powerful Jedi in the world, the most powerful Sith. Right. And you never ever really get to see him use that power. That's why uh I think it's The Force Unleashed is the video game where you yeah. start off as Darth Vader on uh Kashiki and you're walking through and you're just like blowing buildings up with the force. I'm like, this is what I wanted to see. Right. Why are people so terrified of this guy? Right. And I mean, he's still one of the greatest villains of all time. Right. But you know, I think that's, what's missing from the prequels. I think he should have been Vader in episode two. And then episode three is his rise to power because I think that's a huge missed opportunity. And that's why the star Wars, Darth Vader comic right now is so good. It's really good because he is conflicted because he's just like, he's not all bad. Yeah. He never Anakin was never all evil. So in the Star Wars comic, he fights that. And uh I one of my f- I I've only read one expanded universe book and it was Darth Plagueis and it's the guy who trained um uh Darth Plagueis was trained, I forget, but he's uh the guy who basically 
helped train Darth Maul. And what was cool about it is it's a, a big political book. But the whole issue is is the only thing that the Sith tell the truth on is that there's not one Sith like apprentice. There's always another one. So there's like the branches for the Sith go really far out. And uh, Darth Plagueis, the whole story is him going, killing all these Siths that are being trained hmm. that no one knows because he can fill them in the Force. And uh, he ends up training, you know, Palpatine. So I think it's really a cool story. And, yeah, so you never get to feel the full um, evilness of Vader. And I think that's the missed opportunity in the prequels. And um, I know you guys love episode one, but... Love is a strong word. But you st- my I, argument I, is I still that, think the Revenge of the Sith is the best of the prequels. My argument is that the the is that episode one has the most complete arc. Like it tells an A to B to C story. It is a it is at least trying to be a fun adventure movie, and is not as bogged down in all of this like melodramatic bullshit that the other two get bogged down in. Well, that's because like he playing himself in a corner. Oh yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But that's that's sort of my problem, right? Is that he makes this first one. That is really sort of a, you know, it's got lots of problems, but it is a Star Wars adventure movie, uh, and and along the way they they pick up Anakin and they're you know, um, and there's stuff about that movie that I really enjoy. Like I think the yeah. opening of that sequence, oh, yeah. or the opening of that movie, is what I want a Star Wars movie to be. Yeah, right. It's like, or especially like a, a a prequel, right, where it's like I just want to see the Jedi when they existed and they were cool and they were just space police, and I want to see them running around like police yeah. in the galaxy and so that first sequence to me is so much fun um and i remember sitting in the theater that first time and watching that sequence happen and being like this is so cool um and the two the big problem too with some some of the prequels is because george lucas is so in in love with technology and that's fine the movies look great i'm not saying they don't yeah but he doesn't pay as close attention to the acting yeah where you have actors i think like liam neeson who's great and you have ewan mcgregor who's great but then you put him against Jake Lloyd, and it's just like, dude, you seriously yeah. can't find a kid who can act? I've Well, you could. It's yeah. Just, I mean, you go back to the featurettes on that first DVD. You can tell he only cared about trying to find a, a kid who kind of looked like Luke and Leia. Yeah. You're like, that's not the – that doesn't matter. Yeah, and because even when you're – when he's going against a CGI Yoda and Yoda's a better actor, I mean, come on. Yeah. And it takes you out of it. And, I mean, he fixes it a little bit. I think I think General Grievous is a cool character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, uh, saying the prequels are just, you know, failures, I think's harsh. I, I think, yeah. I think they, I think all of them have redeeming qualities. I even think Attack of Clones, I think is pretty entertaining. Um, but it's the, the roughest yeah. and, and most damning part of the prequels for me. Um, and I will, I'll talk about this later as well, is that Star Wars because of the prequels, Star Wars stopped being fun to think about for me. Yep. Like every time that we'd talk about it, every time that I would think about it, you you couldn't you couldn't separate how much you cared about them when you were a kid and and the feelings you had when you were listening to George talk or or watching those movies or you know how cool it is when Leia says I love you and Han Solo says I know like all this shit that is so fucking great about the original trilogy you couldn't think about it anymore without thinking about all the stuff that was so wrong, right? Even as good as some of the stuff in, in the prequels is. Like, there's great sequences yeah. in there. There are shots that I think are cool. There's things that he experiments with as a filmmaker in the prequels. Like, the, um, when he starts doing, I think in, in the second one, he starts doing those shots where he zooms in mid-shot. 
you know, mm-hmm. where it's like you're you're out here and you see the 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 speeders going by, and then he zooms in and you see the guys inside of the ships, right? Yeah. Like those shots that I I think are kind of interesting and neat. Um, there's a lot of ideas and things that he tries that I, I that are cool, but I can't even think about those because I'm so just. Because the movies have a whole, like, we're yeah, good. Like, I mean, they're... I'm so waterlogged <laughs> by hatred for all of the things that were done so blatantly poorly. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting. I was watching, uh, it was a SportsCenter special, actually, called The History of the Lightsaber Duel. And it was talking about how they brought in um, Japanese kendo to teach all the actors how to use a sword. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed Sam Samuel Jackson, and he said, yeah, you know... They gave us 10 minutes to learn his lightsaber battle with uh, Palpatine. Mm. So in Revenge of the Sith, when he's fighting him, they rehearse for 10 minutes. Which shows. It, and that's the that, thing. Is that he, fight scene is pretty bad. It, no. Yeah. That's, it's a lot of... It's like Tom Hooper's lightsaber battle. Yeah. Like, it's all close-up shots of, of you know Emperor Palpatine with like a lightsaber at the bottom of the screen, and he's just grimacing. Well, and you even know, like, the... Uh, is it Ian Mc... McDermott. Yeah, McDermott. Yeah. yeah, he said in the interview, he said, "Yeah, I was. I'm like sixty something. I can't really move that well, is, I, and and that's fine. And it, it's just that's what I mean. Is I think George Lucas it gets a really bum rap, and I don't think he really needs it. I think the movies have some redeeming qualities. Yeah. But then again, he doesn't look past that. Oh, I have a sixty year old guy, and Samuel Jackson's probably in his fifties, and you want them to have this lightsaber duel, and you're only giving them ten minutes to practice it on a set, hitting marks." With special effects, and it's just not going to work. And that's what I yeah. think he lost to connect with uh, the Star Wars. Because you watch them. Again, I, I do like them. I don't think they're bad movies. But the all the completely CGI world, the complete uh, not focus on the acting part, makes the movies not feel real. And I think it takes you out of the moment. You know, when uh, you know Anakin uses the Force to feed uh, Padme an apple, and the apple has to be CG. Like stuff like that makes it not real. So it really, those are the movies that I that the CGI takes me out of the movie. Yeah, and I don't think that should be the case. Even though you know some stuff are fake, I can forgive it. But that movies, those movies, just meh. Well, they feel like he doesn't like he didn't know what his what his real goal was for yeah. them, right? Like I think his goal was okay. They have to end with Luke and Leia being born. I don't think that's true. Like mm-hmm. honestly, and and there there I, is very good argument for why that shouldn't be there, right? Like, I that's so why too. there's a machete version of the films, is that if you make it, if you make that your goal, you actually ruin... Like, if anybody watches well, them one through six, you've ruined everything plot-wise about thir- two and, well, or four mm-hmm. and five. Let's ask the writer. When you write, is it bad to have a preconceived ending? Because you have to write everything to get there. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, so it is. what you do it, is it, you write the story, and if that ending comes organically, I think it's fine. Yeah. But if it doesn't, then you don't... You, yeah, that, I think you're right. I mean, Story-wise, you don't have to know that part because you shouldn't already know ever had that in there. I yeah, mean, that's because you, you already know <laughs> it's going to happen. You don't have right. to be shown and told that's going to happen. I think I think Vader coming to life is awesome. I think that's an awesome moment. Um, even though people make fun of the no, which is cheesy. Yeah, but the whole him getting put together and being risen up, I think is badass. And I, I think that the idea that he's he then has to live this lie that this woman that he loved is is killed or is dead and that he is involved with killing her like yeah. there's there's cool ideas there yep. but it's just executed so poorly from a writing point of view yeah that's what i mean because what you clumsy. have yeah what you end up with is with these scenes where you know you you get these lines of dialogue that like 
then you are blinded by love. Or, yeah. Luke, you're breaking my heart. Yeah. Mm. Or, you, you know, she died that. of a broken heart. Really? Ugh. Can she, is... just, can she just be dead because of the trauma of yeah. being beat up and ha- delivering twins? Yeah. Like, that makes not... more sense. Stuff doesn't have to be said. And that's what I, I think you're right. Is He put himself in a corner. Then he tried to... When exposition is clumsily delivered, mm-hmm. then it takes away from the moment. All you had to have was at the end is Vader rise and then have Palpatine say, she's dead. Yeah. And then you can have the shot of him starting to build the fucking Death Star and standing there depressed. Right. You don't need the PSs on it. Right. But what do I know? I don't make any money and uh, I'm just a fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're Brad, you, de- you defend episode one. You want me to do it right now, or you're just yeah. saying that I defend it? No, I want you to do it right now. We're talking Star Wars. <laughs> um, I think you made a made my case for Revenge of the Sith not being great, but uh... <laughs> what? Because the last five minutes of it? Oh, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, episode one, like it's it's fun. It's the it's more entertaining to watch. Like you know, to sit through all the melodramatic shit with this. It's an adventure movie, so they're just kind of yeah. going from A to B, collecting what they need to get to. The, the next movie but uh two and three is just like the whole relationship with anakin and padme sucks and um the emperor's like that no no like it just yeah. seems like they left the camera rolling and like george lucas didn't yell cut and <laughs> e. mcdarmott's sitting there going like what else should i do <laughs> say no again <laughs> no. Um, he's like a mario villain no. <laughs> he's waluigi <laughs> uh but yeah and then th- that that even after this new movie, the Duel of the Fates, uh, you know, Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan, I think it still is, like, the most badass lightsaber fight altogether. I mean, it, I, and I think part of why... They have the advantage of being, so, like, Jedi Masters, yeah. so... Whereas the, what, uh, the new Jedi are kids, <laughs> so they're not, like... Well, yeah. and I, I think um, the... Uh, that, that scene is a finesse scene, but it's also filled with enough emotion, especially there at the end, where... Obi-Wan, no, no. So this is almost a perfect metaphor for why George Lucas just shits the bed on those prequels, right? (laughs) So he writes a sequence where he's like, okay, I'm going to separate Obi-Wan from from his master. And Obi-Wan's going to desperately be trying to get there so he can help him. And he's going to feel in the force right before his master is killed, right? So he's like going to go through all of this ridiculous emotion. um, And it's going to be so amazing. And it is a fantastic sequence, right? What a fucking fight that is. How cool is it? Really gets you in with Obi-Wan. Sets him up to be a character who, unfortunately, they don't deliver on later. But sets him up to be this kind of angry, slightly jaded character who really has this, like, chip on his shoulder for why he has to watch out for Anakin, right? Which they don't actually follow through on in the sequels very well. Or in the other prequels very well. But... Where Lucas fucks it up is he can't figure out how to actually write that scene, so he creates some weird thing where there's like nine layers of laser fields, and you never understand why they're there. And it's okay, like you watch it and you're like, oh, okay, there's these laser things here, and that's, that's what technology separates works him. in the Star Wars universe. There's just like technology in places, but it's never no, it's never been like that. It's never been like, hey, there's just like there's just some random shit here. Usually, it's like, oh, we landed on this asteroid, and there's a fucking squid thingy inside, or a giant <laughs> fucking worm inside that we're inside, and that's so crazy and cool. Like that makes sense. Like why there's these laser fields there, and that just to me feels like a a perfect analogy for. Luke or, or 
George comes up with these ideas and has like at a root somewhere a good idea, um, but there's just things about the execution that he fails at. Um, it's like trying to put the emotion you're supposed to right. have in front of you by this laser field. Right. You know, like that's what's it's 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 putting it when you can already comprehend exactly what you're supposed to be feeling in that part. Yeah. It's it's terrible. The, the, and so, I hate those movies by the way. I, think I really you, do. Like, <laughs> that's why I think like that fight to me though works where the fight at the end of three doesn't work because that they made this big dancey finesse fight where I think all that fight needs to be is two guys Standing a bunch, a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, or amongst a bunch of lava, just wailing on each other. Like that but, is such an emotional. Like I house... fucking hate you, and I just want to smack you with this lightsaber. I actually think that kind of like the one that we saw yesterday. Badass, because if you watch them, they're doing the same moves at the same. I think it's awesome because you have apprentice and master, and they're doing the same moves at the same time. And yeah, I, 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 I think that's a pretty sweet scene. Yeah, um, I, I think after. Uh, we're getting close to, okay. to talking about the movie because I think after seeing the new one, like that's the fight I wanted at the end of three. Okay. It's just this emotionally um, charged. So fight. I have one more surprise for you guys um, before we talk about the Force Awakens. I scored one more exclusive interview. What? And this is one I'm really excited for. Uh, Miss Ridley, come and sit down. A swoon. So tell us what it's like to work on the new Star Wars. Right. Uh is kind of a simple young woman and she just gets swept onto this incredible mm-hmm. journey. So to play a role that's so nuanced and an incredibly emotional role was thrilling because mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't what I expected. I don't think it is going to be what people expect mm-hmm. and that is incredibly exciting. Yeah. I would love firstly girls to enjoy it as a whole mm-hmm. and secondly from Ray, I hope they feel uplifted and hopeful and um perhaps see themselves in her somewhere and uh, feel joyful. Um, the main difference is that Ray, Earl, Leia comes from privilege and Ray doesn't. Um, uh, Leia is obviously born into something. She uh, There's a certain level of hierarchy mm. and everything. And Ray is definitely at the bottom of the pile. She really is just working to live mm-hmm. um, <coughs> every day. She's not in charge of anything. She doesn't mm. really have anyone to have relationships with, be them brothers or husbands or a squadron, I guess, underneath her. Um, uh, similarities are that they're both women trying to make a wo- trying to mm-hmm. make their way in the world, um, and they're both pretty kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi for me was a real baptism of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I was incredibly nervous, like I really was. Um, and looking back, it's amazing because Ray's journey begins in Jakku, and that's where we yes. began filming. Um, I learnt that even though I'm terrified a lot of the time and even though i don't know what i'm doing with the right support and the right people around you you can um you can break through boundaries you might put on yourself restrictions you might think that you have and um and and do some really cool stuff harrison carrie and mark are all brilliant people Mm -hmm. and they're all incredibly different because they're different people um united by this incredible thing mm-hmm. and they were all so excited to come back and that is incredibly joyful for us <clears throat> because coming into this um you think who knows better than they do about what story should be told and how excited we should all feel so they really set a precedent they're all incredibly kind and warm and funny and wonderful to work with and uh it never really felt like we were the newbies mm-hmm. it just felt like a group trying to do 
the best film, trying to make the best film possible. Right. For me, it didn't feel like working on a huge film. The way people talk about huge films, it didn't feel like that. It felt intimate and um, and kind of small. And then you realise, obviously, the span of how many people it takes to make such a such a film. But um, the creatures are insane, <laughs> insane. And of course, they inform because they set the they set the tone. Um, in the desert in particular where we started the creatures were there already setting this tone of Star Wars there's humanoids and creatures all working aliens all kind of working side by side um, I hate to see you go but I love to watch you leave oh, oh. <laughs> oh. she's good she is I like her yeah she's Damn. sweet I, you know what I did ask her some pretty tough questions uh, but I think she answered him very well. You know, I'd, I'd like to see her in other movies, but I have a feeling she's going to be busy for the next couple of years. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm sure she'll be fine. As long as she doesn't smoke and drink a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cold-blooded. Did you see that thing where uh, she commented, now she's a big star, she's been getting scripts like crazy, but they're all for like really lame sub- uh, subjugated women roles and stuff? Oh, yeah, like, it's Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it is. Because this week we saw The Force Awakens. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Joe, should people go see The oh, Force Awakens? Go see it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> In multiple ways. I mean, yes, go see this movie, absolutely. James, should people see The Force Awakens? Um, yeah, so to parallel what I was saying earlier, I have so enjoyed, and even today, so enjoyed thinking about and talking about Star Wars since this movie happened. That's the best thing I can say about uh-huh. this movie. So yeah, people should go see it. Brad, should people see Star Wars, The Force Awakens? Absolutely not. Once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's a silly question. Like, should people go see Star Wars? Uh, a lot of people already did, so <laughs> irrelevant. Everyone <laughs> listening has already seen it. Should you go see it again? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Because, also, this is major spoilers for this movie. Uh, they did a great job marketing this movie. Mm-hmm. So, if you haven't seen the movie yet, and you're listening to us talk about how great Star Wars is, make sure you see the movie before we talk about the movie, because there's so many moments in the film that are spoilery. And... Yeah, and they, they've done a really amazing job at marketing it, so that you actually don't really know... Like, even things that I've talked about in the past, yeah. where I'm like, I hate seeing a trailer so many times, and then I know the shots... I didn't know the shots because none of the trailers in the movie, except for so, when Finn took off his helmet. <laughs> right, yeah, like, like there's just these tiny little pieces. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely don't listen to us talk about this because everything we're gonna say is gonna spoil some little gem about this movie. But in the meantime, here's a really cool trailer that you can't see, but the music's really good in it. Yeah. Who are you? I'm no one. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. started 
there are stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. The dark side. A Jedi. So this film is uh, pretty awesome. I like it's, Star Wars. It, it, I love what, Star what, Wars. I like Star Wars I, I, a will, lot. I will preface this. I know J.J. Abrams makes great films, but because, James, you brought it up that, you know, Star Wars no longer represented, uh, you know, great filmmaking and, and experience, but this film really brought it back. And I can tell you, the whatever perky conceived notions i thought maybe the film might not be good because of the prequels that goes away immediately when i see the in blue font a long time ago in a galaxy far far away i'm instantly back into that world yeah and what's really cool too is uh, right away you know the movie's star wars the force awakens but on the on the scroll it says episode seven I'm like oh shit mm-hmm. even though they said they took out episode seven as a standalone film it's not yeah. and so you get really excited because people didn't know if it was a reboot or, you know, a sequel. It's a sequel to the film. It's not a reboot at all. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so right away you get re- – I, I got really excited. Uh, reading the story got me excited again because I thought it sounded really cool. Um, and then you're transported immediately to the new characters. and um, It's a good long while before you get any of oh, your yeah. – your known characters together. I think it's a really long time. I yeah. think it's what it was really cool too. Not only about the scrolling and and all of that, but the scale. You know, you get that opening yeah. shot. That's always like how big things are out there, and and it it took you right back into that. Just like at the Star Wars. I mean, there's so many throwbacks to the original trilogy yeah. in this movie. Oh, I mean, it's shockful. It's, it's it's crazy how 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 much they throw back to it. But I love things like that. That really. I mean, but it was it served its purpose. I mm-hmm. I felt like everything was right about yeah, that right, you know when you it, know, it wasn't ham-fisted it wasn't like it wasn't like this most of the time it wasn't like this super meta thing of like hey guys remember this it was like you know finn sits down at the table and accidentally hits the button and the little the little uh monster dudes pop up you know and that one's maybe the most on the nose of all of the like homages to the original films um or little like you know fan service things um but it's written into the movie in such a way that you're kind of like oh, okay and you just go, you know. I, th- I loved that part. I mean, I thought it was one of those. Oh yeah, yeah we, we are back on the Millennium Falcon, and they yeah. looked like the way that they looked in the movie. They didn't have yeah. to juice them up or anything like that to make those characters sharper or right. anything like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And what's what's so cool about the film is they give you just a little bit of each character mm-hmm. to help you carry you along through the movie. Um, you know, with Ray, she keeps on saying she has to go back to Jakku, and you're like, why the hell do you want to go back to that place? And then you slowly learn because 
um, her family left her there, and she's expecting them to come back to her. Right. And uh, I think it was it Han Solo. Oh no, it was. Uh, it was the girl. It was the, the was the Moxie name? or Ma- Maz. 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 Yes. Said they're not coming back. Yeah. You know, whoever you're waiting for is not coming. Yeah. Back. Go forward, and it's stuff like that is really cool. And I think the character of Ray is she's amazing as a great character. Ugh. Um, she starts off as a scavenger. Uh, she's scavenging old. Uh, Empire Star Destroyers, Star Destroyers for yeah. parts, and she gets... And she lives in an AT-AT. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was so cool. She was actually in a crashed-out AT-AT living yeah. inside of it. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, it's things like that. See, those are the callbacks that you want to see mm-hmm. that aren't on the nose. Like, oh, this is what it... You, know, this, yeah, you this get happened. that there was a battle there. Yeah, you understand right, exactly. it because of the yeah, graveyard. They don't, they don't have to tell you anything. Right. It's just, yeah. And, you know, even... Uh, I think Kylo Ren was a really cool villain. Mm-hmm. I think because... Y- He's conflicted, but his first, you know, screen appearance is, oh, shit, this guy is... He's a badass. He's a badass. Not only is he a Sith, but he's has oh. a great understanding of the Force. What a really cool sequence that is, right? So you, you get this opening sequence where uh, there's Max von Sydow, which is cool. Yep. He's just hanging out, like, hey, I'm Max von Sydow. Don't know what, who I am, but whatever. Um, and you meet Poe, and Poe is a badass, and he's got BB-8 with him. Um, and that whole fight sequence is pretty great. Like, uh, and then there was this moment where I was like, oh shit, like are Star Wars fans going to be pissed about this when, I mean, we all kind of knew this was coming. Those of us who've read at least a little bit of rumor when like one of the stormtroopers is being a little weird and doesn't know what he's doing and is like, ah, I'm not into this. Um, and just, I think the way that that whole action scene is, yeah. is laid out, like it's really effective. But what I think we made it effective is it's the darkest fight scene i've seen in star wars where oh yeah you like, get blood right away yeah that yeah, and, that, yeah, and blood he's like across the stormtroopers mask he's is like pretty... kill him and they show people getting killed yeah and it's not in it's not in a gratuitous way but you no. understand the evil and the power of this kylo ren that he doesn't care yeah or does he you don't know um but he has what's so great about the character too is when he has the mask on he's like straight up on i'm a evil guy yeah but when he takes a mask off he's he shows his vulnerability yeah and i think is a great i think they um, intentionally made him look pretty young oh he takes the mask off and you're like you're like a like a kid yeah you're just like all these other heroes we're watching right Right. now i mean exactly yeah and uh, it's, and he hasn't been so scarred by the dark side or anything like that no. either. I mean, like usually it has some sort of effect on yeah. on, on your physical appearance, and he's not so scarred in the uh, in the dark side yet. Yeah. yeah. But the, I, I I'm speaking to him taking his mask off real quick. Just when they when they're just looking at each other, he's trying to pull the information, the map out of her head or whatever, and. There's no words. And you couldn't have done that with the mask on. You needed him to take the mask off there and just, you see him switching and her gaining the power. And yeah, would you say the Force Awakened? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, man. I, I, that was my favorite scene in the entire movie. That yeah. one right there, and they didn't say a word in it. And, cool. and, and uh, I, 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 I wasn't sure how I thought about Adam Driver being Kylo Ren and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Going into yeah, it, I, I was skeptical. But he... I think it was fantastic, and that scene alone, yeah, was totally worth it for me. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great. Scene. But you know, the thing with Kylo Ren is, that, like, I said, you know, he comes out and he's, you know, he stops the blaster. Yeah, which is pretty yeah, sweet. crazy, uh, awesome. Because, because uh, blasters are, are they're made of plasma, so it's actually a material, so they they can be affected by gravitational pulls and the force. Yeah, and there's too much flavor in the glaze. So he, <laughs> he, 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 so you know, he comes out and he's it's in, not a laser. He's so in control. 
And then they have that one scene where they say that they got away and he just goes nuts and destroys yeah. the computer. And to me... And you don't see the lightsaber. You hear he, it? Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And see, to me, that's... What makes a great villain is he's flawed. Mm -hmm. You know, because... And when you slowly learn who he is mm -hmm. and you understand the threat... I know J.J. Abrams, and so I kind of saw stuff coming because yeah. of who he is. Right. But... Um, the the tragedy of him spoiler spoilers of him being Leia and uh, Han's kid yeah where Leia says hey, they're still good in him and Han doesn't believe it yeah and to me Harrison Ford is so great in this movie because he tries to be that Han Solo from A New Hope where he's like oh I'm funny and I you yeah. know I do stuff but you can tell his 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 heart's he's broken yeah he's broken and there's there's moments where every time they bring up uh, Kylo Ren, and he, you could just see it in him. Yeah. He, he he doesn't believe what Leia's telling him. He doesn't believe that he can be saved. He knows he can't be saved. Because I think he even has a line. He says, um, if Luke couldn't save him, what makes you think I can? And, you know, there's there's just devastating moments in that. And I think, I think this is actually a Han Solo movie. It totally is. And I think he's amazing in it. Yeah. Uh, Which is funny because, you know, going into it, everybody's talking about, like, Luke... <sighs> Man, the marketing is so smart. Everybody's talking about, like, where is Luke? What's going on with Luke? What are the, you know, because we've seen Han Solo, so, right? So he's, you know, he's there, but not the big deal. All you like, see is this what's hand going touching. With, yeah, like, what's going on with Luke? <laughs> and that actually serves a story it's not point. In the movie, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yep. where Luke is and what Luke is doing is the next movie, guys. Yeah. Like, they, they buried the lead so well and, like, distracted us. Um, yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. It, it, so as you go through the film and you learn more and more about what's happened in the th 30 years since uh, Return of the Jedi, it, it, it one, it's really cool that, um, yeah, so the Empire is gone, but in its place comes something far worse. And, you know, that's uh, uh, the First Order. The First Order. And the, basically it's Nazis. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just – it's very interesting – the story, and I think as they did the right thing by focusing on the new characters and having the old characters kind of be like legacy characters, where they they have an impact on the story, right. but they're not the ones that are driving the story. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't I let mean, Leia talk too much more. <laughs> they, yeah, they even some of her stuff is like in ADR, and so you don't see her face while she's talking. <laughs> Shit, is she not that? She's not good anymore, is she? Um, but the uh, yeah, like the the fact that they, but it's forgivable, they, right? Oh, totally. I mean... <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, because when it is important, she pulls off those lines. Oh, yeah. Like, You're his I father. Think, oh man. Yeah, I think um, her facial expressions are really good. Oh. Um, Carrie Fisher's. Um, but yeah, like the fact that they they find that we we get introduced we're reintroduced to the Millennium Falcon before any of those characters, right? Like they yeah. find it. And get it up and going again and get it into space. And you're like, this is so cool. And oh, it was the garbage. It was their yeah, second but, choice. But I loved it. Yeah, that was so great. Because <laughs> you don't even know what she's talking about. He's like, what about that one? No, that one's garbage. And then you have to choose a Millennium Falcon. It's, yeah. The garbage will do. Oh, my gosh. It was great. And <laughs> I mean, and then you start to feel those that giddiness. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. They're here. They're doing it. This is, and Finn gets in that chair and he's moving yeah. from side to side. What is going on? You know, like this is such ancient Way of yeah. doing things. Like, it's so cool. And the controls are the same. That, oh, and that is one of the things. that Throughout the movie, everything visually feels like Star Wars. But the, And they found a way to make, like, even though the technology of is, is more advanced, 
like it's still like the displays are very similar and like but they kind of make an excuse for it. like it feels natural in the world uh-huh. you know where you're like oh okay I understand even though like it's going back to this old stuff from the 80s where it's like I don't know I got like this weird two hex grids with a circle in the middle yeah. and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to shoot down this triangle I don't know and what you know J.J. Abrams is such a great filmmaker there's moments there's there's shots in the film that I I just get giddy about the one where Finn is following um, they're at uh, Maz's place and the the first order comes and it's one continuous shot of them tracking a TIE fighter and Finn running and it's amazing. Oh, the one that Poe is like... Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Poe chasing them around. It's That's freaking... one hell of a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> scene, how badass is that uh, Stormtrooper that has like the lightsaber blocker? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that was... Pre- that was <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. Traitor! Yeah. <laughs> but you get... Like, that's what I mean. That's what and Star Wars needs to be. You need to get excited about moments like that. JJ buries his filmmaking pretty well too. Like, yeah, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of those long shots and stuff taped together that I didn't even like. Like there were a lot of times where I'd like stop and go like, wait, has, has this been one big? I think I think this was one shot. Like, yeah, because he does t- it in such a way that like it it just feels natural. He's not it's not like the first Star Trek where he's drawing attention to it. Right? Yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't do like the big super Dutch angles and the yeah. and the zoom shots. Well, like it's there's just a, there's another shot. I don't know. I can't remember if it's later or earlier. But it starts with the fighter uh, pilot looking left, and he's scanning all the way across the the front mm. of the the fighter, and it, the camera just follows him all the way around, and it's amazing. Yeah, and just little things like that, and you know, it's something to get excited about again. Um, you, uh, that, that's what I love most about this film is I got really excited watching it. Yeah, and um, as we get farther and farther into spoilers. <laughs> I thought it um, the most. Uh, this is maybe the most on the nose, but I thought one of the most clever moments in it. So uh, they get onto the Star Killer base, and they're setting charges. And Han Solo decides he's going to confront Kylo Ren, and he says, "Take off the mask. You don't need it." And he takes it off, and um, he confronts him, and he says, "I want you to help me." And when the sun gets drained of all its power, yeah, the dark side comes out, and he. Kills Han Solo. Yeah. Beautifully done. But, My wife even talked about that. How cool yeah. that as was. Those, as soon as Ray and Finn show up and like you see that catwalk and uh, no guardrails. The rails. fact that they're setting charges just <laughs> yeah. like Obi-Wan was doing in the first. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. And then we put the helmet down. I was like, oh, maybe he does convince yeah. Kylo Ren. That's the twist is Kylo Ren becomes a hero in the next one. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, cause... But, but they still set him up in such a way that this can be a trilogy about how do we redeem Kylo Ren. Yeah, like this can still be the how do we bring Ben back from the dark side? Like, I, and, I don't and know if they do that, killing the everyone's favorite character from Star Wars, pretty much. Like, right, <laughs> is how you tell that story well. That's what's shitty about the prequels is like it's not it's not fun to watch a a a character that you like a little kid turn to the dark side. Like that's not fun to watch. It is actually kind of fun and encouraging to watch Darth Vader get turned back to the light side, right? Mm-hmm. If they can do it with Darth Vader, why can't they do it here? George Lucas should have got Vince Gilligan to write the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Every time I think that, I, I'm always like, well, except for fucking Breaking Bad. Like, that is the one time it's kind of cool to watch somebody go to the dark side. But the rest of the time, like, we as humans tend to not like that very much. But I mean, much. too, is he... I think the, to the last shot of Leia when she fills in the Force because she 
can do it. Right. Um, the, the only time she uses the Force yeah. is when she's like, someone's in trouble. Yeah. And she's but, the lassie of Force users. <laughs> but, you know, it's... I, I think she she's heartbroken. I think that's a really great scene, too, is because she oh, realizes so that maybe she can't save her son. Yeah. Maybe her son... Because now, I mean, um, Snook, who's whatever. Snook. Like, whatever his yeah. Snook. purpose is. Snook. <laughs> Snooky. Yeah. Whatever his purpose is. I mean... I'm guessing it's going to be expanded on. Right now, yeah. he's just nothing. But he's got to get the ring to the to Mount Doom. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now he's going to really train Kylo Ren. Can he train all that out of him? I don't know. Um, well, we don't even know. Like, we're assuming that he's actually a Sith and can train anyone on anything. Like, yeah. you know, he could just be some dude who you know knows enough about the Force to help manipulate uh, Kylo Ren. Which is why Kylo Ren not a very good Sith. No, he's like, not. Like, yes, he's very powerful with the Force, but, like, and I, I was right about, like, when he uses a, a, a lightsaber, he's kind of he's kind of like a Darth Vader where he just, uh, do you agree? You agree. Uh-huh. Um, where he just, like, wails on people with that thing, oh, right? Yeah. Which is why the sword is made the way it is. So anybody who's still mad about the cross guard, it's a fucking long sword, so get used to it. Like... He every single you know well, every single purpose, attack. Too. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he does use it. You know, bur- you know, that was pretty cool. But actually, it was really good. <laughs> but it's it's why we're able there at the end to have like young people who've never used lightsabers actually kind of go up against him because it's not hard to deflect him. It's just hard to actually stand your ground because he's not like he he just telegraphs his attacks. It's just that because everyone is just like. This long swing because he's just angry, like he's not a very yeah. he doesn't control anything. He's just pissed well, constantly. It, but I, I loved that's... it when when Ray had the same effect though when she came back, yeah. like just as pissed and wailing down on him, right. slicing across his face but, and everything like that. It was... But at that point, she's using the force and she sees what he's doing and she's figuring out how to con- counteract it's him. Dark side, I'm telling him. you, man, getting that angry. Yes, yeah. recipe you for disaster. Can't have emotions, <laughs> but. You know, that's what's cool, too, is, you know, Ray's arc is her... I. So when she's on Maz's planet and she realizes the Force is calling to her, or is Luke calling her? I don't know. Um, She's getting called, and then when... Joe's favorite scene, when Kylo Ren realizes that her Force powers are more... are stronger than his... And that he can't extract that information from her. And she realizes at the same time, too, that the Force awakens inside of her. And she realizes she can use this power. And to have Kylo Ren get pissed off about it. And he starts <laughs> – that's one of my favorite scenes, too. He gets all pissed. He's breaking things. The two stormtroopers walk, <laughs> stop, and go the other way. <laughs> it's, it's like – and, and it's, you, get, you get the feeling like this isn't the first time this has happened. Like yeah. the stormtroopers <laughs> kind of get an idea. Even the guy that, at the first part where he gets the bad news. and I mean this guy's panicked to yeah. deliver this terrible, terrible news, you know, because – it's going to get him hurt, you yeah. know? I mean, and you see that, like, this guy's delivered bad news to Kylo before. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this isn't going to go well. And he's slashing things up. He's like, and there's a girl. Whoa! You know, like, bring it. He does the force pull and everything. It was so cool. I, yeah. This isn't the first and, time he's lost his temper, you Which know? I think is cool, too, because what's fun is you're seeing people use the force for the first time. And I think Kylo Ren is so arrogant that when he finds out that Rey not only has a force, but her force is stronger, that he doesn't understand why and it pisses him off. And that also leads him to killing his father where he's, you know, he thinks by killing his father that he can, (laughs) 
that that's the last thing hindering him from being the ultimate Sith is right. his father, but it's his own insecurities that are doing it. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Like he thinks, he thinks that that is because it's, if, if all of his power comes from like his hatred and his anger, like the fact that he is able to do that is him sort of proving that he is really powerful and has enough anger to, to really be the, the worst. Yeah. Um, and the trick, man, that scene, they, so I want to get to the fact that they they are the violence in that first scene is pretty you know like there's a, there's dark stuff happening but they actually kind of pull their punches quite a bit throughout the movie so like it could be a lot more not gruesome but just you know tough to watch like when when Han Solo gets stabbed like you don't really see it right like mm. you see the blade behind him and you see him fall you don't need but it's it, not you don't you need don't, anything you like don't that. but I'm just saying like there's a lot of stuff like that where they kind of they kind of pull their punches and put the, you know, put the camera in places where it's, you know, not, it's a little tamer, mm-hmm. which I think is fine. Like, you know, because it is a movie where no matter what you do, no matter what you rate it, there are going to be a lot of six-year-olds in this movie. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that that's necessarily fine, but I don't know, in a, in a year or two, or actually probably when the Blu-ray comes out, when my three or four-year-old niece sees it, like, she'll probably, she'll be fun. Yeah, I I, I um, fully intend to show it to my son too. You know? so, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's fantastic. Um, score is really good. Yeah. Score is really fantastic. good. It it um, when you're watching the movie, you don't realize. But as I've spent the last 24 hours or so listening to the soundtrack quite a bit, um, what I realize is that. When you're watching the movie, you feel like it's just the old soundtrack, and it's actually not. Um, there's a lot of really great new John Williams music in there. He's just every now and then he pays a little like lip service to the original scores, um, and so when the movie you get that same swell and you think that he's just playing the same music, but there's some really cool stuff in there, um, and I think it's really like effective. The second Han Solo pops in and the the way the music oh yeah goes around that too, and it feels like it's a complete throwback like that's the you know yeah. you're going right to han solo there and yeah. it brings back all those emotions too and it's, to you know what's great about this is why i say i love harrison ford in it is a part where he offers ray a job <laughs> like not directly and she, she says are you offering me a job it doesn't pay well and, and i'm not your friend and i'm not your friend <laughs> it's, it's, i'm not saying i'm offering you a job <laughs> yeah, it's awesome um I'm i think the character of finn is really fun yeah. Um, BB, yeah. he BB-8. was great. He's no. so like he's got these great funny moments. So, so like, and do you think that he had any like force abilities as well? Uh, I two mean, uh, two uh, reasons uh-huh. make me think so. I mean, like he handled himself pretty well with the lightsaber, and for for what True. I thought, you know. And then the second thing was is he was different. I mean, like. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, like, they were genetically raised by the Empire, though, is what... Or uh, what they're, he's, he's, they're stolen. Yeah, he was kidnapped from his parents. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Even better, then, right? So, okay, so, so I mean, I think that that could be a thing, and that's why Kylo even stops a couple times and, like, looks in his direction. Like, maybe he feels... Maybe some sort of disturbance, and... and I mean, obviously be. he didn't shoot the people, and, and, and yeah. he kind of stood out from the other stormtroopers out there, but... Right. Maybe that has something well, was, to do with it. Maybe there is some sensitivity there as well. Yeah. And the reason you know you're in this film is so Finn is fighting Kylo Ren and he gets knocked down and Luke's lightsaber flies off in the distance and Kylo Ren puts his hand out to get it. And, and in my head, I'm like, that's not your lightsaber. Like, you have no right to have that. And the fact that it like swings past him and goes to Rey, I'm like, yes. 
Again, is, I think that that's just her strength in the force. You oh, know, yeah. like I think that if if she wasn't standing there, he would have gotten that lightsaber. Oh yeah, definitely. But, but she was there and was like, no, 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 I'm getting that bad yeah. boy. And it was cool <laughs> because you're right. That fight was dirty. I mean. They both didn't really know how to use a lightsaber very well. If the Earth well. didn't collapse between them, I mean, like, she probably would have finished him off, right? Yeah. yeah. Or would she? Would she kill somebody? I don't know yet. We'll never know. She, uh, I mean, she was coming. I mean, she went at his oh, face yeah. on that. He, she that did last, get him a couple she times. She got him. I mean, she, he's going to have a scar across his face for the next movie, right? I mean, like, yeah. oh, yeah. for, from a lightsaber burn. But I, mm-hmm. she would have killed him if the Earth didn't, like, or uh, the ground separate the two of them, you know? <laughs> if the literal Earth did not break <laughs> right. open between them. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool, man. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just the movie is pretty cool. And do you and, think that Kylo gave himself the name because it's a mix-up of uh, they, Skywalker? They say at one point that he was the Solo? he was the best of the um, Knights of Ren of the Knights of Ren. But yeah, I don't know where the Kylo comes from. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was trying to put that. I, I threw that one I'm, in my wife. I'm last pretty night. sure J.J. <laughs> Abrams said so. I think he's. I think Kylo is the first, like, Knight of the First Order or something like that. I, I'm. Ooh. I can't remember. There is something on the internet about it. So, and there's no more Darths, right? That's that right. that whole thing yeah. is done now. That's I mean, it's you get a surname of Ren now if if you're an evil. I have no idea. I have no idea. And who know. the hell were the Knights of the Ren? We don't know. <laughs> it's all new, man. It's just <laughs> like when you saw the the first Star Wars. You know what the Clone Wars were. You yeah, know it existed. Yeah, you're just like, what? Why would there be? Why would you go to war with clones? Why would you clone <laughs> someone you like? Why are you doing all of this like nefarious cloning? What's wrong all with right. you? I, this will um, just keep me going, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Finn's Finn's really funny. A lot of good one-liners in there. And I love um, too that he had this like crush on Ray, and Ray never reciprocated like his. Well, kind of. Her I mean, friendship. Like, her but it's, friendship. It's more than that. Like, so Finn, Finn, like Finn is this stormtrooper who is is so concerned about other people, like to a an extreme fault that like that's why. He's always running to go help her. When he wakes up from being knocked out, he's like, are you okay? And you're like, what, Finn, what's wrong with you? Like, we're worried about you right now. Um, and, and, you know, there's the scene, there's, he keeps, like, grabbing her hand and pulling her. And she's like, I can run without you holding <laughs> um, Which is part of what makes her so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he keeps trying yeah, to rescue her. Just, and she doesn't need to be rescued ex- so, exactly, so much, you know? Right? Like, he's just so well-intentioned. Like, he's so good-hearted that, like, that's why he can't be a stormtrooper. Because there's even that scene where they're there to rescue her on the Starkiller base, and uh, Han is, like, giving him looks, and Finn's like, what are you giving me that look for? What are you trying to say to me? And he's like, oh, she's already escaped. (laughs) Why are you you doing that? The the rapport between those two was fantastic, too. I I mean, like, Harrison Ford and and, and Finn were really funny, you know? He kept calling him Big Deal, and he'd call him Solo. (laughs) And, like, I was like, that's really kind of cool, you know? Mr. Solo. (laughs) <laughs> or even just the time that he calls him solo he's like did you just call me solo <laughs> <laughs> listen big deal <laughs> oh man yeah yeah and, and really well done script like I, I think that it's 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 pretty tight they you know a lot of the things that that most movies like this would would use as a crutch like having a character who you know because ray can just sort of miraculously fix anything you know they write in like you there's a good explanation for why it is that she can just touch a thing and fix it is because she's spent her whole life digging through machines and trying to find the parts that can get her enough food for tomorrow right like there is um and i'm also going to point out how great this stormtrooper actor is when she says you're gonna release this harness and open the door and he comes there's like i can make him tighter (laughs) 
Right. And then she uses the force again. You see, like, his shoulders drop. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's pretty good body acting there. Right. Like, you understood exactly. That was Daniel yeah. Craig. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, uh, like, the, the fact that they, there's a lot of, there's a lot of melodrama in here that could be bad. In another movie, like, revealing who's sons of who and daughters of who, right? Because there are certain questions, cert- certainly still questions about, like, you know, okay, so who are Ray's parents, right? Like, at some point we have to ask that question. But they don't answer the question in the movie. They defer that one to later. They, um, they figure out how to get the exposition in there in a way and deliver it in a way that's not super ham-fisted. You've got Finn, who has this, this, this lie that he's trying to not tell people at first that, honestly, he doesn't try to not tell people for that long, right? Like, in other movies, they would have used that as a crutch and said, like, oh, well, the climax of our movie emotionally is going to be that he's going to reveal to Finn, to Ray. He doesn't. They I, get on the storm, on the Falcon, and he starts to try to tell her the truth, and they get distracted, right? Like, and that, and, too, and, it, and when he does reveal it's not... You know, it's not a, it's no a big one cares. deal to him. It's a big deal. No one else cares. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because he's the one who helps, you know, plan this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just find out he's a sanitation worker. Yeah. It, it's funny. Um, yeah, oh, it's just it's good. I, I do, do think... Have, do they have trash compactors on the detention level? <laughs> <laughs> you bet they do. <laughs> that one scene of Han and Leia talking about their son, I thought was, like, probably the hardest yeah. to watch part of the movie. Because it, it, feel, it clearly feels like a scene that's written to give exposition to the audience. But the characters are talking to each other in a way that's. Uh, I, I have a hard time to describe it. I I agree that it's one of the rougher scenes in the movie. Mm. I I think it's an inevitable scene though. I think if you didn't have a scene where these two people who've been away from each other for a very long time mm-hmm. and have this very important thing, like they have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I don't think I don't think it's executed like that scene, well. Yeah, that scene is like eighty five percent of the way there. Yeah. Like it's not it's not quite there. Um. The the actually actually the one scene that I have. The one scene where I did feel like a uh, was the um, the like thrash thrash tar beasts on the Millennium Falcon or on that ship, like the the, the giant space squid things. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one thing where I was like, okay, this is this is the scene. This is the uh, the ice monster from Star Trek two thousand eight, right? It's mm-hmm. like the this is where we just need an action scene here, and so we come up with this excuse, and it's just it feels a little clumsy. But that's like again, it's like ninety five percent of the way there. Yeah. Like it's me nitpicking. But, it's the yeah. one time where I was like, ooh, ooh. But maybe, still, maybe I think the thing? setup's really funny because it's yeah. Han Solo smuggling again, right? And then on one side he has the one guys that he swindled money from, and then the other side is the other guys. Yeah. He's like, what's the What's the other time I stole money from you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Um, Twice. Uh, what's the second one? Yeah, and I, I, it worked for me because yeah. then you also got to see that monster be pulled apart, being driven into hyperspace. That was crazy. Yeah, that was yes. kind of neat. That was just... <laughs> oh, that was cool. <laughs> yes. Oh man. So I'll take it, man. Yeah. And honestly, I think the only reason that that one even stands out, or, or part of the reason that that one stands out, is because it's the only like super CG element yeah. in the movie. So much of it. They yeah. did practically. Like the cantina looked great. Oh, the cantina looks fantastic, man! Like I remember, or when she's on her speeder and there's that like weird parrot bird thing, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, what like is that? I just, I just metal. wanted to keep looking at that. You Those, know? Uh, go ahead, Brad. Um, so one of the things that we haven't got to yet, like uh, the CGI in them, like they did such a good job of making everything else practical and working and convincing that things like so Supreme Leader Snoke is a fully CGI hologram i'm sitting there going like 
why does that even have to be CGI? Like, why can't that just be, you know, um, what's his name in makeup? Andy Serkis. And just yeah. Andy Serkis and then blown up, uh, composited, like, really big. Like, why is he CGI at all? Yeah. I assume it plays into something in the next movie, like, to his character. Because um, right. leading up, people are saying, like, oh, he's like a giant snake or something. So that would make sense to be CGI, but it's really just a scarred dude. Like, why is he fully CGI? Um, and it stands out glaringly compared to the rest of the movie. Like, oh, clearly, and it's I love CGI. that they've got this giant. I mean, everything that the Empire does is yeah. so grand. They've, but, got this, they've got this room that serves no other purpose but then to like give a big hologram yeah. of Snoke. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> but the weird thing is, I saw it in three D. All the CGI elements in three D look realistic. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. So I'm like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, and speaking of three D, there, there's a part where the Star Destroyer is like close up. It's like right here in 3D. Like you can like it's like you're picking at a model, dude. Yeah, I gotta go. Let's go see it in 3D, James. Yeah, and and Maz Kanata too. Like I understand smaller character um, CGI makes a little more sense. Although some of the wider shots look like a little person uh, with maybe like CJ added to them. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, in 3D, like all her pores and everything look more realistic i don't know oh, what it's about i think the that 3D. maz was a actually really cool looking character too yeah, yeah. For, for, i mean and i feel like she moved really well and yeah, yeah. That, that was one that i think needed to be a cg character it was just like the difference uh, but snoke is just sitting there it's like why is this not just a real guy yeah yeah i mean i think to to, to beat a dead horse here like the difference here is that this cg character is actually important to the story and makes sense in a way that like the dude who makes waffles in the hut in the back and knows everything about cloning material or cloning uh, planets, like in in episode two, that doesn't make sense, right? Um, it's just a it's a it's a neat character who you you kind of are interested in and want to hear her wisdom uh, more, you know, especially like in that scene where uh, Ray goes down and sees the sees the lightsaber and touches it, and that's okay. So that's the one that's in his hand, right? When his hand gets cut off, yeah, yeah. That's cool. How did they find that? Isn't no. the cloud the cloud city's like yeah, over like cloud he, planet? Because in How'd they get uh, Return, it's green, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he makes a new one. Yeah, because he makes a new one that, that's you know based after like his. And, yeah, and they lightsaber. talk about it in Return of the Jedi that he made his own lightsaber. Right. So yeah, that, and this one. Um, yeah, was, yeah, so that's so, the that's the one that was in his hand when it gets cut off. Crazy. I want to know how did that happen. Planet. Let's follow that journey. It falls out <laughs> of the cloud city into the cloud planet. Like, how'd they get it back? Who knows. Man. Um, you know? Speaking of speculation, um, do you guys have any guesses on what happens next? Like, I, I'm like, what was more interesting about the movie for me was like a lot of the movie's fan service, right? Like, yeah. it's even got the same plot as A New Hope. Oh yeah. Um, but bi- I get it. It's bigger. And after it's, the, yeah. it's just bigger than the old one. I get it. <laughs> after the first showing, I was like, okay, that was cool. That was, but it was, it was really like just an homage thing. And then I went and saw the second showing. And the more I got more interested into what they didn't explain, um, like, that's where my head is now, is episode eight, like, is... Because they also set up a lot of stuff, like, Ray is really good at the main Falcon and being, like, a tech wizard, so, like, it, it felt like in, in like in cinema, way, the way they tell stories in cinema, like, okay, are they alluding that she's also a daughter of Han Solo and Leia? But you'd think that in the scene where they're talking about Kylo Ren, they'd also bring up that they had another... Kid. I think, I think so she's not... Leia and Luke's daughter. Huh? <laughs> it's messed up. The daughter dude. of incest. <laughs> um, but the force is really strong when you do it that way. <laughs> but she's got all these uh, Jedi skills, which could come from Leia. But um, you know, she, when she gets 
R2-D2 is at the Rebel base and he's not activated until she arrives. Then he comes back to life. And since R2 has some connection to Luke, right. it's like, well, that must mean that Ray has some connection to Luke. So, well, so, so are they cousins or brother and sister? Well, the other – so one way to look at it is – I think there's two answers here. Either she is Luke's daughter. Does, who, who knows who the mother is? doesn't matter. Um, Marjade. Uh, <laughs> um, or simply the fact that she awakens and is a Jedi, right? Like, I, I think that there is, or if I were J.J. Abrams, I would make the assumption that there is a fallacy in the theory that Luke is the last Jedi, right? Because that, that would really require the whole midichlorians thing and all this, right? Like, why is it that, that other people can't just... Thanks. Maybe have the potential to be Jedi. They're just never trained. They're never discovered, and they never realize it's even real. So they never practice it, right? Um, so if you use that assumption, and it's just that the fact that she realizes this, that the Force is real, learns to use it, and that creates an awakening in the Force that Luke feels, and he goes, "Oh, there's another one," and he wakes up R2 and says, "Hey, go get this girl and bring her to me. Like, give them the give them the map. I need to come back." I feel like the Sorry. No, no, the la- the latter to me is much more interesting. No, no. I feel like the last shot of the movie, though, like when he turns around and sees like he sent someone has approached him. Yeah. The fact that it lingers so long tells me that that is the last person he wanted to see there because he did not want his daughter involved in this Very, struggle. Yes. Yes. I, I. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. And he's That'd like, oh, cool. shit. Now I have to train her. I yeah. tried to get her out of this. I abandoned her. Because I, I I destroyed Kylo Ren. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen to my kid. Yeah. And so... Which would make for a great story. Yeah. Like, and that's why I love that they don't... They don't tell us the answer to that, too. Because I feel like if this whole movie were like, who's whose kid? What's, <laughs> let's tell the story about everybody's grandchildren. Like, that, that would feel a little bit obvious, you know? Yeah, I kind of um, wish she was. I mean, like, I, I would love it if she wasn't part of in, any of these families or anything like that. Just, you know, yeah, was yeah. actually... You know, like left there for a, by her parents for a different cause, and they just have no. But I really, honestly, I think that she probably is Han and Leia, uh, Han and Leia's kid. Really, I do. I I feel like I, like the more I think about the whole Knights of Ren thing, I feel like maybe that was what Luke was like. That's were his knights of his Jedi knights. They were the Knights of Ren thing, and obviously Kylo was the one that killed the rest of them. But uh, I, 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 the scenes with Han and and her are, feel like they're parallels. So, so well. yeah, they're 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 so perfect, like parallels exactly. And he just has these looks at her, just these like, and it's not just oh, this girl's really awesome at flying the Millennium Falcon, and that's cool to me. <laughs> you know, like something feels like it's a little bit deeper there. I don't know. Again, all you can do is speculate at yeah. this point. But huh. I, I and I feel like it, that they they left her, you know, like again, like in hiding or something like that, so that. She didn't follow this this whole Knights of the Wren. But then the thing that throws me off is too like leaving a kid on her own. Like that's, that's really really bad, heartless right? for a. And, and not even with the... like people to to watch over her, yeah. right? I mean, but there was somebody, you know, like the, you yeah, out of the oh, shot. I think that voice was the. It sounded a lot like the shop owner that it she did sound a lot to. like yeah. the shop. Yeah, like was she sold as as a slave then or anything like that? Uh, or I'd rather it would be I'd rather it be like Max von Sydow. Like. And, Max von Sydow would be a good one, but I don't know why Max von Sydow wasn't there. Like, you know, and that makes sense though, because he'd be the only one who knows where Luke is. And they said that he was in, like, in the in the scroll. It says that he's an old ally of theirs. Yeah. Right. So it, it that would make sense, but there isn't a connecting. There's nothing in the movie that connects Max von Sydow to. to it sounded Ray. like such a gruff 
gruff voice too yeah. that was holding her back like almost mean you know i don't know or yeah. maybe it's just like buffy you know they have this some people yeah. have the power inside of them right and... right maybe she just she's just awoken as a slayer yep <laughs> which i'd be fine with that um I guess yeah, I agree. I, I think I what I want for Star Wars is that is that um, is that she is not related to anybody. But man, as soon as you say that, that like, oh man, what if what if she's Luke's and he's just he just That's does not theory. want her, or I even like the, even like just the fact that he would know her or and be related in any way, be either father or uncle, like that has an emotional you know impact that I like a lot. Because for, I for mean, and Luke pulled the uh, Obi Wan and Yoda card, where he just disappears, and he's a he's a legend, right. and people don't know who he is, and so I think there has to be something come to a head too. Of like, why do all the Jedi's leave, and then everything goes to shit? They're yeah. supposed to be the ones that are protecting yeah, everybody, you guys keep and, fucking everything up. Yeah. So hopefully, Ray has that conversation. It's like, oh, well, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You know, you left, and now we have to Which, deal with. If, if he's her father, hell yeah, yeah. that's going to happen. So yeah, I think it's I think it's going to start like the Empire Strikes Back where she's going to train with him, and because I don't think now. So the, then the question becomes like, does the look on her face seem like she knows who he is? Yeah, she. she yeah. And I think that she felt it the entire time too. Like you know, like she was just being guided towards where he was. Okay. Too, you know? Like I said, I think she, I think he was calling to her through the lightsaber. I need to see it again. I don't know. I like that idea though, that he was not excited to see her, you know, that, that this, I mean, cause he, it was a very dramatic face that he was putting on there, you know, mean old beard and everything. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then her just kind of in tears, like it said to me that she's like, you like, you're the one who did this to me. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. See, and I mean, uh, at the, at the end of the movie too, when after, uh, when Leia meets Ray, like she goes, Leia goes right up and hugs oh, yeah. her and stuff like that, you know. Too like I don't know things, things she, she, feel she, like she, she's part of this in, in a deeper role, and they just don't want her to know how deep. And maybe I mean a lot of these other people don't know how strong she is in the Force right now either. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so maybe they think that they're still protecting her by by keeping things quiet. Yeah. I don't know. I love thinking about it though. <laughs> That's the thing. I love I thinking like about it. Thinking about this. <laughs> this is now it's a universe I like thinking about again. That's uh, again the best thing I can say about this movie is that it f- Star Wars is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you, hasn't felt cool. In <laughs> Ryan so Johnson watches like fuck. Right. <laughs> now, I gotta follow this. Yeah, I gotta follow this now. Um, uh, how about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Luke? Uh, <laughs> I think I, I like. I don't think he'll bring fan service to the next one, which I think the next one needs to be like yeah. pure. Moving the story forward, not right. reflecting on everything else. No, Lando Calrissian still needs to make. I, I think that's why they <laughs> they got rid of Han Solo, saying, "Hey, oh yeah, you know, yeah, this is the old. We have Luke in this one, but he's going to be the Yoda character, right? And and that's why too. I think. I mean, the new characters are eighty five percent of the movie. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I, I think they did it smart. Which is, is what I wanted is to get people excited about him by bringing the legacy characters back, and now you have the new ones where all the new characters are really well taken care of and yeah written and. Yeah, I mean, That's I think right. you, I think you keep some of the you know you keep you keep the Millennium Falcon because it's just cool. Yep, and it's an easy thing to you know to keep going. I mean, the truth is, even like one of the problems that unfortunately they're going to have to deal with is like, oh, what if, what if, like Mark Hamill dies in you know two or four or five years? He's like fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. I don't know. He could. People die that age. Random um, accidents happen. Yeah, like but that I, could be you know, with any guest member at that. The, you know, well, yes, yes. 
Um, no, no, no. Why'd people you have to go so dark. People in their James? people Fuck. in their people in their twenties are immortal. I, I don't know. If you know. <laughs> um, but my my point is like they've they've actually written it in such a way that she, honestly she could just come back and be like, hey, I trained with Luke for a while. <laughs> and that'd be I'm fine. Good now. I mean, oh, this is what I know. He's my dad. <laughs> he was real pissed. There was a great scene. You didn't see it. I think that you could work it that way. I mean, you, you could. could work without having yeah have, having him play much of a role at all. You know, but. Outside of, of yeah. the, the the what Luke stands for and what he is and everything like that in the universe, right. I mean, you could you could write it out that way. I am excited to see. I hope that he has more of a role in the next movie than like Obi Wan Kenobi had in in Star Wars: A New Hope. You know, yeah. I hope that he is actually a part of this journey for a little bit longer and has to has a good battle with kylo ren or something like that you know yeah. maybe he loses the other hand let's lose them both you know <laughs> maybe this is a leg or something <laughs> um yeah I, I think the big ones are like just don't build a giant laser shooting planet yeah. again don't ever don't ever go to that um they know. should really be in shambles at this at this next one oh, I, yeah. I want i mean i i get it the empire is yeah. bigger than just that one planet and everything like that but i want to see him trying to piece yeah. it together just as much as you know the the resistance is well, and theoretically, I mean, if if the first order is really fucked up at this point, it may be that the villains in the next ones are um, are just are are basically a whole bunch of different Boba Fett like characters out there who are going around and fucking shit up, and maybe they have their little their smaller you know little battalions or whatever, but they aren't like a planet full of stormtroopers. You know, it mm-hmm. may not be that there is a giant force; it may just be like. They they could just be a, a band of terrorists that no one can find, uh, and Kylo Ren just keeps showing up places and killing people we like. Sorry, Carrie Fisher. You're next. <laughs> You're next on the Kylo Ren hit <laughs> <Yeah>. list. <laughs> I, I don't think Luke's making it out of these three movies either. So. No. no, I just told you he's going to die between the two. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that island too. Yeah. Like... I like that. That I like that. There is a. Is that Camino? Is he on Camino? But there's one island. No, I'm just kidding. So, so okay, yeah. That, that speaks to the again. Like when they, when they first get into that that uh, that really green planet, Maz's. Yeah. But you know, Aww. she she has that that that. I didn't know there was this much green in the entire galaxy. And Han, that's again that that look. He just. You're right. It's like. You know, did we mess this up too? Did we mess this girl up even worse? You know, yeah. like by by ditching her or something. I don't know. I really ha- I have this. <laughs> there are a lot of thematic elements of like you know. The past generations just fucking shit up for everybody in the whole. And movie. I don't want to have to have a Luke had a girlfriend thing, you know. And and I why don't, can't Luke have a girlfriend? I don't want that. Why does he I have to be alone his whole life? I just Jill? I don't care about that storyline. Why, <laughs> why is he so sad? And why does no one love Luke? It's it's a Jedi thing, man. That's what you choose. Snoke's <laughs> his girlfriend, and she just got disfigured from the dark side. <laughs> like, see you later, babe. <laughs> like, I'm gonna take your no nah. your sister's son and <laughs> corrupt him and. Get back at you! No. no. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Snow could be a pretty lady. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the uh, the Darth Vader's Luke's father moment for Snoke is the reveal that Snoke has a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I am your mother. It's Ace Ventura. Uh, <laughs> I don't like any of this. Yeah. Man. Hey, how about that BB-8? 
Yeah. He's That's pretty adorable. great. I yeah. love when he gave the thumbs up. Yeah. You know, the, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And he's got the emotions and everything like that. Just the little head turn and things like that. Yeah. It was beautiful. Pulling out the harness to stop himself yes. from rolling around on the Which is crazy like one ride. Of, it's one of the few times he's ever CG in the movie. Like, yeah, it's still it's really cool. awesome, really though. Cool. I mean, every, every time that he was on there, I, I loved it. It's just every yeah exactly. And you didn't need. I mean, like it, it was it was just the same way R two D two was funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, it right. wasn't slapstick or in your face or anything like that. But you, I mean, right away you cared for BB eight. I mean, as soon as he just looks back for Poe and sees the the X wing explode and everything like that and has the you know dips yeah. his head down kind of thing and rolls away. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was on board with BB eight from the get go. Can man. we? Can, <laughs> is, can I argue that that BB eight is a woman? So that that way the movie passes the Bechdel test. Like there's that, that way, then there would be scenes where where Ray and BB-8 are talking, and then and they're not talking about men. And this would be like <laughs> the most, this is then suddenly the most feminist Star Wars. It's already the most feminist Star Wars movie. But seriously, that would be good. I'm, I'm I, that's what in the back of my head I believe that BB-8 is a woman. I think unless they're whatever droids, droids, I don't know droids. if you can assign gender. Right. <laughs> I am. Well, C-3PO, C-3PO's a dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a protocol droid. You probably yeah. so, I mean, you, you may not recognize me because the red arm. <laughs> 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 oh, it was so good, man. Perfect. Perfect. Huh? Conceivably, yeah. there he's like a model of that droid, so there could be other gold C-3PO's out there. He'd be like, yeah. right. Why, why yeah. didn't Chewbacca hug Leia at the end? I would have figured that they would have had a very big old hug it out after Han Solo died, too. He, they just kind of walked past each other. No, did they hug she was thing? too broken up. No, they hugged they when they, hugged first, when they meet. first meet. Yeah. Like, it was great because yeah. it kind of almost broke the ice between Han Solo and her right there. You know, Chewie comes up Actually, and, I love the we scene him? where Chewie's getting worked on and the doctor says, yeah, that sounds really scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we see a scene where, uh, like, at the end where Leia and, they, and, and it's, Chewie It's the scene where she's, she's eyeballing Ray, and yeah. they come up and hug, but Chewie walks right past her. And I kept thinking, is the Wookiee getting stiffed again? Like, you know, like he... Maybe he's stiffener. Maybe he's just like, man, this... you did this. You told him he could save his son. I'd still have my friend back. I, I, it was one you of those, bitch. It was one of those things that the, the first time watching it, I was like, did that just happen? So watching it the second time, I really tried to pay attention. I'm like, they really should have hugged it out and maybe had a cry session. A session, you know? <laughs> and maybe Harrison Ford was really excited about this movie because he finally got to die. Yeah. Because you know how he said he wanted to die in Return of the Jedi? Mm. And I said, hey, man, this, you're pretty much the star of this movie and we kill you at the end. Yeah. J.J. calls him up like, look, I have the script. I'd like you to be in the new Star Wars. What's it going to take for you to do it? It's like, does my character die? <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's, I'm in. Here's the one problem, though. Tired of playing I'm, this I'm, guy. I'm sorry, Harrison, but we're also going to reveal that, that Han Solo is a replicant. I'm sorry. It's what we got to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's written in. Like, there's no other way around it. He had the force, so he's going to be a, a Jedi ghost. And your now. burn mark is <laughs> going to be of a unicorn. It's going to be. <laughs> oh, I, I hope yeah. they bring back Force Ghosts because that was another weird thing about the prequels. Is like, no there's force no ghost. Force Ghosts. Well, yeah. see, I yeah, wonder, like, why didn't Qui Gon ever come back as a ghost? See, but, yeah. I, but 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 okay, I think that, I think it's because Obi Wan learned this on his own. Yeah, I feel like because he when he says you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine. I really feel like that's because I'm a Jedi ghost and I can train Luke Skywalker still. Yeah, I, I've got the ability to still do that. When and at the end of, of the of Episode three, Yoda does tell him like, "Hey, I need you to go study the ways of of so and so because that guy could totally like um, that guy could totally you know do this astral projection thing." Um, so it is supposed to be like special. It's not like not not anyone can. And I believe that, that it is a, a product of the light side. 
too. I mean, my wife was asking if when she was, if when uh, Kylo was talking to the Darth Vader mask, like, show me the power of the dark side again. Um, she was wondering if she was, if he was actually talking to Darth Vader. I'm like, no, 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 no. He turned light. We, we you know, we already see, see that. that yeah, we've seen well, Hayden Christensen at the end I was going to say, you've seen Hayden Christensen, though. Like, yeah, he, he it's clearly dark side people can do it. <laughs> it was Hayden Christensen. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, because that's the thing. If... If he were talking to Darth Vader, he'd be talking to Anakin, and Anakin in the Ghost World is good again because of all of the fantastic things that happen in the. I, and in I the feel like you can only do that if it's a light side thing. I feel like only the most yeah. powerful Jedi can do that. And yeah, I feel well, like Luke I, would I, do I, it. No, I'm, uh, guys, I'm just saying if Kylo Ren were remember, talking, remember Siths only deal in absolute. So if they're dead, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, no, what I'm saying is like if he were good talking line. to the ghost of Darth Vader, he'd be talking to someone who'd be advising him not to go to the dark side. That's what I would think too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and she she was wondering if if she, he was actually talking to Vader, like if there was actually right. something going on. I'm like, no, they've already done the ghost thing too. You'd see the ghost. I feel like he's just yeah. trying to draw he's, that anger yeah. and that inspiration from it. You know? Yeah. yeah. He what he stood for. He doesn't know anything about ghosts. No, he's, no he has no. He no Ghostbuster. Hey, we're getting that movie next year. Oh, good. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Was there like a trailer? Uh, no, There's a preview shot, and then they have like four posters. posters. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Is so, there anything we didn't touch? I don't think so. I think we Poe po Dameron was still really badass. Poe Dameron is so cool. He was really, really cool. I want to know the story of of how he survived that crash too. You know, Wait. I mean, to just show back up like, and he's and he's he's just cool. fighting. He's cool. Like he, I'm Poe. I'm badass. He said something like it was really hard to hear. Uh, like I caught. Yeah, a freighter or something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so like quick, you know, yeah. like explanation as they're hugging it out. And I did love that bro moment. I you did know, too. you saw Finn, and hey, this guy did actually save my life. You know, yeah. I I got to be this badass again because of this guy over here. It was really cool. And yeah, hey, you can keep the jacket, kind of thing. You know, yeah. I <laughs> great, scene. great scene. Makes that whole world feel more lived in. And it's, I it's... and I do, I, I loved. I, I felt like all the po- fighter pilots were actually really cool in there too. You know, and, but. Poe Dameron was badass. Like Greg Grunberg and the bad guy from Rush Hour? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you knew. I love Greg Grunberg. <laughs> you knew he was going to show up. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, hey, JJ, uh, can, I, can I just fly a next wing? That's all I want. That's all I want. You, That's all I want in the world. My just, guess is JJ says, I have a new project. I have, I have a role for you. Remember how you were a pilot in Lost? Right. I got yeah. you another pilot gig. <laughs> this time I promise you won't die. <laughs> yeah. He had a couple lines too. He did. Yeah. He did. I, that's and, and I thought that was cool. I mean, there was only a few recognizable faces in yeah. the movie too. Like for me, anyways. I, I I'm not as big into movies as you guys are. I don't see everything that comes up. But for me, it felt like there was only just a few people that were recognizable to me. Yeah. You know, and it was great. What um, was that actually? Uh, oh, oh man, fucking calamari dude. Um, Admiral Akbar. Yeah, Admiral Akbar. Was that actually him? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I had to assume it was. I assumed it was. They didn't say his name, though, did they? Don't shrimp only no, live for, name. like, you know, 18 months or something like that? <laughs> well, I he's a catfish. I don't even know, but it's... <laughs> he's, he's Zoidberg. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you all still have Admiral Akbar. Have you noticed that, like, I all the... I know he's not an admiral anymore. Everybody gets general except for Akbar. <laughs> he demoted to be a general. <laughs> um, you stand in the corner, Akbar. But I, is it a thing where all the creature characters in star wars like don't age because <laughs> akbar still looks the same chewie looks the same well but but wookies live for like 250 years or something like that 
Like, yeah, so like just, all the creature characters weird. live for an yes. insane amount of time. Yeah, the worst, Jabba looked different. Oh, because you CGI in the prequels. The worst, the, <laughs> the worst thing you can do is be a human. Yeah, Maz Kanata is like a thousand-year-old creature. Yep. If you're not, if you're a human, you're fucked. Yep. Yeah. Too bad for us. But they really populated across the universe. I'll right. Yeah. <laughs> Just rabbits, man. There's only like two catfish dudes, but like humans everywhere. Yeah. Why does it got to be Akbar? <laughs> yeah. Great what, movie. What all uh, General Akbars look the same? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All well, catfish <laughs> alien guys look the every, same. Every time before this movie came out, when people would come up to me and be like, "Do you think that Finn is the son of Lando?" I was like. How come all the black dudes got to be related? I know, it's, if there's one black family in the galaxy. Right, like, <laughs> if there's a black man in the movie, he's clearly the son of the other black man in the movie. Uh, yeah. Here's what's really bad is when the third one comes out and then they end up being like, oh, yeah, Finn, Finn, your, your dad was, uh, was, uh, Lando. Yeah, your last name is actually Calrissian. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, then, then it'll be really embarrassing. Oh, let's not let that happen. Yeah, they got, they got like four or five years in order to avoid that. Uh, next week on Real Nerds, I don't know, The Big Short. Um, I think that comes out next week. It was supposed to be really good. Yeah. We'll do something. Yeah. Some movie. Maybe. Yeah. We were supposed to see Hateful Eight, but Alma's getting it like January 16th or something. Uh, it's playing at Continental um, for 70 millimeter on Christmas Day. Oh. Hey, that'd be cool. Only on Christmas Day? or No, movies? it's there and then it's opening on the 30th and non. Oh, okay. I think it's because uh, the Alamo has... Star Wars in so many theaters, I think they have to promise to run it for so long. Yeah. And that's what Quentin Tarantino was talking about. He's like, fuck Star Wars. Dude, this has been so much just dumb bullshit. You know what your problem is? You released your movie around Star Wars. You released your movie around <laughs> Star Wars, and you also did this crazy roadshow thing, and you also have made a lot of moves to make it clear you don't want me to see the movie. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that you don't live in the world you think you want to live in. Like, not every projector is a real projector, and it, a lot of them are digital now, and I'm sorry that that makes you sad. Yep. But if you want the movie to make money, like, you didn't make the movie with pencils and crayons. Come on now. He's being a real asshole. He is. He really is. I agree. And I, I really want to see the movie. I've always appreciated Quentin Tarantino. He's being a real asshole. Yep. And he's and getting I mean, other Alamo's people around him doing, to do like, it too. the whole Tarantino film collection and stuff like that, too. I right. mean, it's not like they're trying to shaft him or anything like that. It's, no, but, they'd love but to it, show the movie. You're talking about the, the, the biggest movie right. of our generation, you know, possibly, you know. And Yeah, I'm sorry you're not Star Wars. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? And then he's got Samuel L. Jackson going out and saying shit, too. Like, whatever. And now Quentin Tarantino's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see that movie. There was a there was a video game when I was a kid called Star Warped where you were walking around in the in like the the bedroom of a super Star Wars nerd and he has this like vault and inside is is a bunch of different things like like um, abandoned the the story is that he lives right outside of Skywalker Ranch so he sneaks in and steals shit and so he's got like abandoned. Um, uh, like action figures, like there's one where it's Luke without a hand, and and his hand has got a uh, like a missile launcher thing, like the old GI Joes, and it shoots like a little puddle of blood. Um, <laughs> and uh, but he also has like he's got Star Wars scripts from other directors, so there's like a Quentin Tarantino script, and there's a Martin Scorsese script, and it's it's pretty funny. Hey, three PO, what's up with the little pony keg? Why is he going a? Is he in a hurry to get back to Elroy Jetson? I have no idea, sir. The little keeps saying, sweet, I've found her, and she's here. Well, 
who? Who the is he found? Princess Leia, you. You gotta be me. The princess is here. I think when, the universe you're is 12. big enough that you could hold any of that stuff. You just can't play with like arcanic characters. You can't do that. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. do not let that happen. But I, I, I mean, <laughs> I see something that hap- you know Tarantino wanted to do in that universe. Yeah, but <laughs> it'd just be a conversation at the cantina of people oh, yeah. talking <laughs> yeah. about what they were gonna do. Yeah. Hey, you didn't just, tip. Just, I'm just tip that Wookie. Yeah. <laughs> you better I tell tip. you my story about the Wookie. <laughs> let me let me tell you about the song "Like a Virgin." <laughs> what are songs? <laughs> Joe, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate I really it. appreciate it. Yeah. Until fun. next time, may the force be with you. Oh, and with you as well. You guys, you guys see Hillary Clinton ended her debate with that. That's awesome. And then uh, President desperation. Uh, President Obama, Seriously. he was being. Uh, they were asking about his uh, like climate control thing, and people just kept on asking questions like, "All right, I got to get out of here. I got to go see Star Wars." And he just <laughs> fucking bounced. Yeah. I was like, "Yes, got tickets at the Alamo, dude." If I was <laughs> in my last year's presidency, I'd be that way. He's like, "Dude, fuck you. I'm gonna go see Star Wars." Yeah, that's awesome. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> Anyways, bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.